0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Bat Around. I'm your host, Paul Valley. He's my co-host and producer, extraordinaire, Zachary Goodman. It is a Hot and humid and muggy. Do you feel? Saturday. Do you feel the
1: stickiness in the studio right now? Yeah, it is like
0: oh, it, wet in here. It was hot in here. <laughs> la- it was. It was like this last week too. It is. Oh, just- I know.
1: It's. It's. I, I don't know what's going on. If they're, they're they're not running the AC or whatever's going on. It is wet in here. Like I, I actually can feel my skin has water on it. It's,
0: um, and we're in a brutal stretch of just heat. Humidity, thickness in the air, just grossness.
1: Welcome to Maryland.
0: And I, I, um, yeah, but I think I saw something about, um, I definitely saw something about how because of El Nino and global warming, or it, whether you believe in that or not, um,
1: whether you believe in that or not,
0: <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> some people don't believe in it. You know what I mean? Climate change, all that stuff. Ugh. We record. We had the four. We recorded the new hottest average temperature in recorded history four days in a row, mm-hmm. um, where it was, it, the average temperature across the globe was sixty-three degrees. Yeah, and when you factor in the North Pole and the South Pole and you know Santa Claus and all of his elves, you know, and all the penguins, that's uh, that's pretty remarkable. Sixty-three degrees for the average temperature considering considering the Southern Hemisphere is in winter right now and how cold it is at the poles. Um, so it's just, it, it. in conclusion, it's gross outside. I also heard that there's an atmospheric river that will be coming up the east coast. I'm looking forward to that. And it's going to just drown the east coast. And, like, I, th- I heard specifically, like, New York with, like, 10 inches of rain. When is this supposed to be? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Good. This weekend, this okay, weekend, got it, got you know, it, I'm supposed it, it. to have a baseball game tomorrow. Mm. Surprise, surprise! It's going to get rained out. That, like that, like that, ever happens? Happens oh, every yeah. other week. Yeah. Our games get rained out. Any? Well, way, you should
1: move them to Saturday because today's not awful. I mean, you could play at least. It'd well, be humid, disgusting. Yeah, your, your boy but can't you can play because play.
0: our games are at eight thirty, and I have this show at ten o'clock. So can't. Yeah, and then not? I and then I work in the restaurant. That makes sense. Yeah. So we shouldn't move them to Saturday. It should just stop freaking raining every other weekend. How about that?
1: How about that? I wish I could help you there. I you, really no, wish I don't. could do something no, no, about that. No, you don't. With your, with your I, North you know what? Face I, hat. You love this hat. I, I wore this hat just for you because... And I should have worn the North Face shirt so you could have said I was a walking billboard. I really should have done that. Zach told me he played tennis. Uh, last oh, week, I did. I, he, he looks like a
0: natural-born <laughs> tennis player. And he told me that he well, played tennis uh, last weekend. Last weekend after the show, he said, yeah, I played tennis. And I was like, it makes sense. No,
1: like the first time I ever played tennis was in... Middle school, like uh, God knows how long ago, and then uh, I started playing a few months ago, I think around March, and I just never told you, but I've played maybe like six times since then, and it's pretty fun. I have a good time. Yeah, because
0: you you look like a tennis player. You would have. A, a good I have time. a
1: better time doing that than watching Point Break. I can tell you that.
0: Oh, <laughs> just not true. Just not true.
1: Well, it's amazing that they they basically plucked a Courtney Cox. Um, Doppelganger, out for the movie. Courtney Coxon and- is
0: way better looking than Lori Petty.
1: <laughs> well, that's... that's- we should, like... I, I, Th- this well, was that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that, you know, Courtney Cox obviously got her start because of Bruce Springsteen, so you can credit him for that. You can credit Bruce Springsteen for friends. You're oh welcome. Oh, God. This is a baseball um, show. Today's <laughs> show brought to you by
0: PressBox Offers. Go to pressboxonline.com slash offers now and get $150 in bonus bets from DraftKings after placing your first $5 bet. See this and other great sportsbook offers at pressboxonline.com slash offers. Running a little bit late today, and I do apologize about that. It's on me. It is on me. I lost track of tra- track of time. I lost track, track of time at the gym, and when I finished my workout, and I looked at my watch. It was nine twenty-two, and I was like, "Oh crap! I still have to take a shower." I was thinking maybe I won't shower. I'll just go straight there, but I didn't want to gross you out with the with my sweaty body. Especially in this humid and room, the thickness in here. Yeah. So uh, three minutes behind is better than Zach vomiting between mm. uh, segments. I still so, might do that anyway, but yeah, you might. It, I mean. Who the hell knows? It's it's, sure. it's all chaos right now. Uh, the Orioles, winners of six straight, the hottest team in baseball right now. Dean Kramer goes six innings of two hit ball, allowing just one run with seven strikeouts last night. It is the sixth straight quality start for the Baltimore Orioles, the eighth straight start of at least six innings pitched, um, and the ninth start in the last ten. Uh, I'm so, so, I'm sorry. The ninth start, in the, it's the eighth straight start of at least six innings pitched by an Orioles starting pitcher. It is the sixth straight quality start. It is the ninth time in ten games that the Orioles starting pitcher has given up two has given up two earned runs or less. And it is the ninth time in ten games that the starting pitcher has gone at least six innings. They have been on a remarkable stretch here. Cedric Mullins last night, three hits, a home run, a stolen base. Adam freaking Frazier. Three hits. Adam freaking Frazier. Two home
1: runs, four
0: ribeye stakes last night. Yeah. Uh, he played hero in the game as the Orioles win 5-2. to two, And he drove in four of the five runs. Without him, the Orioles might not win that ball game. Uh, Ryan O'Hearn on base three times. We He had that three for 22 stretch a couple of weeks back, and we were all thinking, oh, he's playing more, he's getting exposed. Nope, he is right back to... Everybody goes through sure. little
1: little slumps. I mean, Rutschman had one just a few weeks ago. It's I mean, Rutschman's had a few Sure. Yeah. this
0: year. every time, Basically, any I pick him for take to rake, he Whoa. goes one to 19. <laughs>
1: Same. <laughs> I had that happen to me, too. I, it, it's natural, especially when you take as many at-bats as these guys do, and Ryan O'Hearn's been playing every single day. So, a stretch that... He's three for twenty-two, and is not surprising in the yeah. slightest. So it's good to see him hitting again. It's Absolutely really
0: good. good to see him hitting again. He, I mean, he he had that little stretch, and then he immediately got back to. He's been hitting well again for the last two months, yeah. or two months, two weeks, basically the last two months. Um, so that's really good for the Orioles to the point where Ryan Mountcastle's back on this roster, and he still hasn't started since he got back.
1: Yeah. So so I was on Glenn's show a few months ago, and Glenn said a few months ago. A few. Well, I'm going to make a point okay. that, that Glenn made back then, and we were talking specifically about. uh about Ryan Maucastle, and whether the Ryan O'Hearn situation would have him replaced, because this is the point where Ryan O'Hearn just gotten on the team and he was starting to really actually get get it going. And Glenn said it is a big deal and a huge move to bench Ryan Maucastle. You've got to be very sure that that's the right move, and it almost looks like that's the move they've decided to make. Mm-hmm. They've really almost basically. Uh, at least in the first what four games since he's been off the injury list, they've benched Ryan Mount.
0: It's been two games. Is that's it. Yeah, it's been two games. Cause he had the, he had the
1: game. I guess the All Star break makes yeah, me think it, it was longer. It, yeah,
0: it was last Sunday. He pinch hit against the, game, game. the Twins. Yeah,
1: and then pinch hit against last night against them. Yeah, the Warriors, and he had a but, right, Okay, he had fair an, enough.
0: He had an RBI single when he pinch hit against. And and it's crazy that, that 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 happened because the Orioles, um, when he got that pinch hit, it gave him like an insurance run to put him up like three to two and that, or three to one, and then they just took off.
1: But but to keep saying that, I mean. It, Two games in a row for Ryan Mountcastle being benched is not normal for him. That so I, that's the assumption I'm going to make is that they do want Ryan O'Hearn against the right-handed pitching.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and, and you saw it last night. Right-handed starter on the mound, Sandy Alcantara, and uh, Ryan O'Hearn gets two hits and a walk in his in his three in his first three plate appearances. Yeah. And then as soon as the lefty comes in, Ryan Mountcastle comes off yeah. the bench, swings at the first pitch and he immediately grounds into a double play to kill a rally. <laughs> um, yeah, doesn't bode well for him. And I.
1: I could have been a double play, like multiple ways too. <laughs> and the runner almost gets tagged out, and they still were able to turn it. So. Yeah, I
0: I feel bad for him, but it, and especially if the vertical was a real reason that he was—he said that the ball was the size of a pea. Mm. Um, if the vertigo was a real reason that he wasn't hitting, and now he's uh, now he's relegated to the bench. I mean, you have a a Lou Gehrig situation.
1: Well, he's gonna get his opportunity against the lefties. I I think that's—he's yeah. gonna play eventually but you're only facing lefties but two, usually two days out of the week we're facing the other five against righties yeah more or less
0: um, but the Orioles they come away with a victory last night and they, they needed it because and it's weird to say about a team that's 20 games above 500 the second best the third best record in all of baseball game and a half out of first place in the toughest division in baseball yeah um, it's weird to say they needed it but they did because they've got the Marlins. Then they've got the Dodgers and the Rays, the Phillies, the Yankees, and the Blue Jays to close out the month of July. It is a brutal yeah. stretch against teams that are mostly in playoff position right now. Right. Um really, really difficult. And not stretch. many days off
1: mixed in there. Yeah. So you're really gonna have to find a way to get Adley Rutschman in the lineup, even and also rest him. So maybe the days where You have an unfavorable matchup, you take him out, but there's really not many days off for those guys. And I'm mentioning Rutschman specifically because he's a catcher and they have to have days off once in a while. So it's going to be tough for guys especially like that.
0: Absolutely. And and that means more James McCann who just is not hitting this year. No, no. And that brings me kind of like – I've been trying to keep my mouth shut about the lineup decisions. Last night it worked out. You mm-hmm. know, uh, Adam Frazier three hits, two home runs. You got Colton Kowser on the roster. You've got Jordan Westburg on the roster. Right. You feel like, especially coming out of break, out of the break, that you would see your best possible lineup. And let's be honest about this. We can talk about how great Aaron Hicks has been since joining the Orioles. He's been slowing down. A little right? bit, yeah. He's yeah. been slowing down. He's he's a fourth outfielder on a, on a good baseball team. Which it is this, right?
1: you know, what? With- this is in and in every way,
0: but I would love to have seen Colton Calzer, Jordan Westberg, Gunnar Henderson, Adley Rutschman, uh, Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, all in the same lineup last night. Right, I would have right. loved to have seen that, and we and we didn't get it. Yeah, you know, we, we had we had Frazier playing, you had Hicks playing, and look, Fra- Hicks did nothing. He literally did. At, he had no productive at bats last night. Uh, he came up with Mullins uh, on third base in his first at bat. He grounded out right to the first baseman, so Mullins couldn't mm-hmm. score. Mm-hmm. I believe he he. He did, I think he flew out weakly to left field in the next at bat. I think he struck out. Yeah, it yeah. just wasn't a productive night for him. You can see the other shoe dropping with him. You know, we kind of put he and Ryan O'Hearn into the same category sure. as these guys are playing really well right now. When's the other shoe going to drop? O'Hearn, it hasn't. Hicks, it certainly looks like it's starting to. Yeah, I really, that's two straight games. And I know that it's a Sunday followed by a Friday because of the All-Star break, but it's two straight games that Colton Cowser hasn't started. Right. And right. he's not—he's not here to not play. Especially, he's facing a right-handed pitcher. Right, play him. Just play him. I, I agree I, I, with that I, I don't need to see Aaron Hicks in the lineup.
1: Not defending Brandon High, but I will say, I believe I saw the stat that Adam Frazier was batting over 400 Adam against Alcantara. Frazier,
0: Adam and Frazier, he had a great I'm fine game. with. I'm, I, I was fine with that. Yeah. I understood it. I, I'm fine with that. I don't need to see Aaron Hicks play every day.
1: I agree with that. I think I'd have to look more into the matchups and see what Aaron Hicks was hitting off of Alcantara in previous years and kind of look into what Brandon Hybe is actually making that decision for because Mm there's probably a reason. Some analytics said maybe he hits the ball hard against them or he has a high OBP against them or whatever. he He
0: was one for two. In his career, against, against Alcantara, with, with two RBIs. T-
1: tiny sample size. Yeah. So I, I didn't hear that, but
0: I, I, it's on the MLB app. I okay, mean, they show the so matchups before every game.
1: That, that's interesting, and that's not a huge sample size. So you got to wonder, I guess, why Brandon Hyde decided to make that move. He, I'd love to see Colton Kazer play, as would everyone else. Yeah, that's why he's here. Yeah, right.
0: And yeah. the Orioles, by the way, six uh, zero in the Colton Couser, uh era. Yeah. Um, and 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 that's the thing is you want to see him play. And you know that Aaron Hicks is getting a start because of the fact I – mean, he plays good defense. He's a good sure. defender. But also because he was facing um, – who pitched on on Sunday for oh, that the Twins? Way
1: too long ago. Um, was it Joe Ryan? I don't think it was Joe or Ryan. Or
0: maybe it was the day before. Um, I don't know. I think I, I got, ma- I'm on ma- maybe Hicks is homeward in back-to-back games. I can't remember. But I know that he – that he oh, we were it was against Sonny Gray. It was it, it was against Sonny Gray. It was against yeah. Sonny Gray, and he got a he got a base hit in his first at bat that, that helped that, yes. that six run yep. third inning yep. against Sonny Gray. And he had been 0 for 13 in his career against him. So maybe right. and then he hits a home run the next day. And maybe Brandon Hyde's saying, you know what? He's been defying the matchups recently. we're gonna we're gonna stick with him for a little bit. And like yet, yeah, he's got the big league experience. Colton Kalliser needs to be playing every yeah. single day. And I guarantee he'll be in the lineup today. He'll be in unless they're facing a lefty tomorrow, he'll be in sure. the lineup tomorrow. I'm also just sick and tired of the matchups. You've got good players on your team. You now have a roster filled with guys who are, who should be everyday players. Yes. They should be everyday players. Gunnar Henderson should play every day. Jordan Westbrook should play every day. Colton Kelsey should play every day. You know... um Adley Rutschman, Anthony there. they play every game. Cedric yeah. Mullins plays just about every day.
1: So I was going to ask you about that. Where are you on Cedric Mullins? Because first home run last night since, what, May 24th or 23rd, one of those two dates? I almost took him
0: for take to rake last week. Oh, really? Week. Okay. I, uh, because I had seen him the week prior. He – remember when I told you on the show last week that I was about to text you, like, when's the last time you saw Cedric Mullins hit a, hit, hit a ball hard? And then he uh, – Two against the Yankees. And then, and then, then, and then he flew out hard. To, to I think it was the center field like right. on the next pitch right as I was about to text you that, and then he the next game against the Yankees he ended up like stroking two doubles down the line and I, and I'm yep. thinking he is really starting to heat up. I think Cedric Mullins is back to where he was before the injury. Okay. I think he's back to where he was before the injury. I think he should be hitting. He he should be, um, playing every day. I wouldn't mind moving him back into the leadoff spot. I, I don't know. I don't love Gunner as a, as a batting leadoff. I, I, he takes. He takes good at-bats, but if you remember, he had like 18 walks the first month of the season. He only has mm-hmm. like 35, which means he only yeah. has like 17 walks the last three months.
1: And I'd argue that's because he's hitting a lot more than he was. I mean, that that patience was actually leading him, I think, to really struggle to play yeah. overall. I mean, he was just taking way too many pitches. He was getting one or two swings in per at-bat, and that's just, again, when you, when you can hit the ball as hard as he can, and you have a knowledge of the zone like he does, you've got to swing the bat. You've got to swing the bat and take more swings than what, what he did. And, and one swing in that batch is not enough for him.
0: No, I I 100% agree with you, but I also don't want him batting leadoff. Right. I I think he should be in more of a... if You can live with the swing and miss, I think, more for a guy who's going to hit the ball that hard if he's hitting you know third or fifth. So you
1: think it's Cedric, then, if, I, I, if Henderson's would, not the guy?
0: I'd much rather have Cedric back in the leadoff spot. I think Cedric. Okay. I think Cedric... You know, he, I think he makes more contact to be perfectly honest with you and he's he's faster uh, he stole a base last night his 14th and 17 tries last night which by the way he had like five stolen bases the first week of the season why have they stopped running
1: that's a good question um he's been he, he had that obviously tough stretch where he wasn't getting on base a ton so I guess you know right when he came back from the injury so I guess yeah, that's but he that's wasn't part run, of why he, he, he but, wasn't
0: running before that
1: either yeah that that's fair. You're I mean, right. I I'm not sure I want to see Cedric back there. I actually think the Henderson experiment, especially given that Cedric was out for a few weeks, and you got to really see that, and the Orioles played pretty well throughout that. More, you know, more credit goes, I guess, to Aaron Hicks and Ryan Hearn than Gunnar Henderson, of course. But Gunnar, I think, filled the spot pretty well. I, I I think Brandon Hyde at this point is looking at it as I don't want to, you know, b- try to break what isn't broken. If you know right, what I mean.
0: Right. But the Orioles, you can argue, were playing better when Cedric was where he's back to now before he got hurt batting lead off. They were playing well because I mean, Gunner was also batting lead off every game when they lost six or seven and weren't scoring runs. Yeah. You know, for me, I would much rather see Henderson in a run producing role and Cedric at the top Mm -hmm. setting the table. If that, that to me is if it ain't broke, don't fix it type of situation. I I
1: can't argue with that experiment at all because, and not, not really an experiment because they've done it a lot, but, if you revert back to that, what they what they kind of did at the beginning of the season, Henderson five, Mullins one, that makes sense. I, I can't right, argue but that. But
0: the, but then you look back at the situation now. You're still going to bat Rutschman second. You're still going to bat Santander right. third. You're still going to bat O'Harn fourth. Do you want oh do you want Hayes fifth or sixth? I mean Hayes is one of the leading hitters in baseball. Three fourteen
1: last night uh, yeah. is what he I think he ended the the night with. So. It's a tough decision to make. I, yeah. I was actually thinking last night as I looked at the lineup, why is your guy who has the best batting average and one of the top batting averages in the American League batting fifth? Right. Shouldn't he be in the two-hole? And maybe you move Rutschman down a little bit.
0: Right, but they they like the at-bats that Rutschman takes. Sure. He's, he takes he, your... he's getting on base in the first And inning. the fact that he's a switch hitter. Yeah. And, and look, Gunnar takes good at-bats, too. There, there, there's no denying Gunnar's got a good eye and he takes good at-bats. So that's why they have them batting one, too. And then Santander is having a career year. He's taking so much better at bats than we've ever seen before. And I'm, we're going to talk about that later in Orioles banter. Um, it's an interesting thing. And, and we have Luke Jackson, um, senior editor for PressBox. He's coming into the studio uh, in the 11 o'clock hour to do our midseason Orioles report. We're going to do that the entire second hour of the show. So really looking forward to that. Now, O's all-star game. Austin Hayes, starting center fielder in the All-Star game. He goes one for two with a single. Rutschman, 0 for 1. Um, Yenier Cano, he basically got five outs in his lone inning. Struck out to Vladimir Guerrero makes a big error on a throw from Rutschman. It wasn't a great throw from Rutschman, but it should have been picked, and he doesn't pick it. And he also, Yenir Cano had like two strikeouts that weren't called. Um, But a solid inning from him. Felix Bautista gives up the two-run homer that ended up losing the game for the American League All-Stars. And it leads me to this little soft-ass reporter. What's his name? <laughs> uh, Dan Ducey. I, I, I don't remember, if I'm i honest I, with I, you. I, I think his name is Dan. Um, this little chode of a man out in the, out in Seattle who ambushes Felix Bautista, who's just in there holding a sign, get, soaking in the entire All-Star game experience uh, at the right before the home run derby. And the guy goes up to him and he's like, hey – do, what do you think about the nickname King Felix? Doesn't that belong to Felix Hernandez? He's like, yeah. Batista clearly didn't fully understand what the guy was saying. Right. Right. And he's like, so can you tell your, the Orioles to knock it off? That's ours. As fantasy yeah. like yeah. that's ours. And luckily. This guy got blasted mm-hmm. by his own fans, by fans across baseball. Well, I don't
1: know about I don't know about that. No, I, I no, saw a lot of Mariners fans in, in his defense.
0: Yeah, it, but there was also a lot of Mariners fans that blasted him. No, it, I, I, it was it was. I wouldn't say so. that it was fifty fifty, but it wasn't like 90-10.
1: Look, I'll, I'll be honest. This is something that doesn't get me necessarily worked up. It's just why do you got to be that guy?
0: Right. I'm not. I wasn't worked up about it either. But the, it was something. It's something that everybody was talking about, mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call him King Felix because of the fact that his, he already has a nickname. It's right. the Mountain. Right. We all know his and nickname. And
1: nobody's was, really ever called him that in the my Orioles, The Orioles I,
0: did. Um, I, I was at the game against Seattle on June 24th, okay. and when he came in, it said King Felix as he was coming oh, in. Oh, really? Yeah, they, I, they, okay. they, they, they did that, and then they did it uh, when he won June Reliever of the Month. They called him King Felix. It's been twice. Okay. It's been twice, but everybody that follows the Orioles uh, like we do, knows that his nickname is The Mountain. And I'm not going to just start calling him King Felix. I I am a person who believes that legitimate players, Hall of Fame caliber players who have nicknames, nobody should be called the big unit. It's That's Randy Johnson. Nobody should be called the rocket. That's Roger Clemens. I mean. Okay. Nobody. The fact that people call Gus Edwards the bus, I hate it. I hate it. One because that was Jerome Bettis, and two because Jerome Bettis played for the biggest rival, the Baltimore Ravens. Why are we calling Gus just because it rhymes with bus? No, can we call him something else?
1: Look, I mean, my my take on all of this is a nickname is whatever to me. I, I really, I really don't care. The, the principle of it is that the guy went up to Felix Bautista, and uh, oh, don't, don't
0: don't you stifle me. Don't, don't don't you? I'm, I'm just don't, don't saying. Don't he, you?
1: Don't you stifle me on my own show, bro? I, all, all I'm saying is that he went up to Felix Bautista and attacked him with something that Felix Bautista had no part in. That's Exa- the that's the problem. That's here.
0: that's that's the point. Yeah, that that's the point. Yeah. I don't give a, I don't give a damn about the nicknames. Aside from the fact that if somebody has had a legitimate Hall of Fame caliber career and they have a nickname that everybody knows them by, mm-hmm. that's it's their nickname. But I'm not gonna sit there and and say the only one I'm ever gonna bitch about is <laughs> is Gus Edwards and Jerome Bettis. I don't want a Ravens running back to have the same nickname as a Steelers Hall of Fame running back. I don't, I don't I don't I don't want that. But anything else, I don't really care. The what he what the guy did was totally inappropriate, and he deserved to get blasted the way that he did. Um Hmm, we gotta get Stan on the line. We'll we'll call him in just a minute. I'll shoot him with text. Um, Enrique Bradfield. Wait a second, because I'm talking to you. Okay. <laughs> Enrique Enrique Bradfield taken 17th overall uh, by the Orioles. Yes. Uh, out of Vanderbilt, correct. Yes. Very speedy. Uh, he he has an 80 an 80 uh, rating in speed, a 70 mm-hmm. rating in defense. The bat's like a 55. Um, mm,
1: that's high. That's high. I think that's high.
0: Yeah, well, I I think I saw that the bat was like a
1: 55. Maybe he was a
0: 50. Maybe that's a future grade.
1: uh, That's probably a future grade you're looking at. I mean, I I think I'm not even that high future there. This guy, to me, I did watch him a little bit of Vanderbilt. I always watch a lot of Vanderbilt during the college baseball year because they're always so talented, and Mm -hmm. they were good again this year. This guy is speed and defense, first and foremost. That, mm-hmm. That's what it looks like to me. And I saw uh, Mason McRae, who he now works for the Cubs in their scouting department. He just got hired. And and he's been a guy who's followed the draft very closely over the past few years. I read a little bit about what he talked about with Enrique Bradfield, and I generally trust his opinion. And he said that he has one of the best contact uh, ratios and contact zones in all of baseball, and all of college baseball. And that's impressive to me. I just don't know if there's... Any power here? It kind of reminds me of Austin Martin a few years ago, who also yeah. came out of Vanderbilt, who had no power, and even though he made so much contact, he couldn't really get on base because there's not enough power. Well, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, but I don't. If you're get, if you have that kind of speed, and you play that kind of defense, and you're getting singles, or and you're walking, I don't I, I don't need you to have power. Not everybody needs to hit 30 home runs. Uh, If you can get on base... Well, that's not the point I'm making,
1: but... but, Well, then what's the point you're making? I'm just saying that generally, again, for a guy like Austin Martin, who... Makes a ton of contact. He, right, it, but also at least, Martin
0: doesn't have anywhere near the speed. That no, he, Bradfield he,
1: he doesn't. But keep in mind, I mean, this guy was still a number five overall pick, still a really high first-round pick, had a ton of tools, but really hasn't done anything. And his OPS is like 690 right now in uh in AAA, I think it is, because he just hasn't really been able to get anywhere because the balls he's putting in play aren't hit hard. That mm-hmm. That's kind of what I'm saying. Well, yeah, but the difference there
0: is if Enrique Bradfield hits a ball that's not hit hard, to the left side, he's going to beat it out. Okay, that's fair. You know, if if, if he knows how to bunt. God, that's it, fair it, argument. It blows my mind, and you can get Sam on the line now. Sure. Uh, it blows my mind that a guy that has the speed of Jorge Mateo doesn't bunt every game. You know, you, you can't hit. You might as well lay down a bunt every game. I would expect that this guy uh, would hit. Um, I mean, would bunt if he has that kind of speed. I don't know. I, I never watched him in college. I don't, I, I'll be perfectly honest. I don't watch a lot of college baseball. I don't know much about the guy except he's got elite he's an elite defender and he's got elite speed and he makes good contact. Uh he he or let's say that he makes a lot of contact. We'll put it that way. Um are you buying some of the rumors that people are putting out there that he could that he was drafted to be a September call up this year.
1: That doesn't seem like Michael Eyes to me.
0: I can't imagine that they would do no. that. But people are talking about they want to have. Uh, I guess you would use him in the same
1: way that you would use uh, uh, Jared Dyson. Well, so it's 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 the thing that the the White Sox did with Garrett Crochet, where they called him up and they never actually let him even pitch a a game in the minors, and he got called up. And he got injured very quickly, but he was actually pretty dominant for them in the few games he pitched for them when they called him up. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you would use him in that kind of role where he's a pinch runner, defender. I, I don't see any value in that, really.
0: I, I don't. Well, I, I, there's there's value to it, but you don't. I I just can't imagine that the that the Orioles would do that. It doesn't make a ton of sense to me to. Draft somebody, give him b- very little pro experience, and then bring him up right. in September. Because I mean, the Orioles did that with Ben McDonald back when they drafted him, I, and they they drafted Dylan Bundy in twenty was it twenty eleven, and then he was up by the end of twenty
1: twelve. Yeah. My point is that I think the Orioles are way too development focused to make that kind of move. I think that would be detrimental to his development.
0: Yeah, I, I can't imagine um, that you would want to do that, but you know, stranger things have happened. It it blows my mind that, they, that anybody would do that with a starting pitcher, right? Um, Anyway, uh, today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer. If I can find the read, these pages are stuck together. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose a perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. So check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Joining us now on the line for his weekly segment, he is Stan the Fan. Charles, Stan, good morning. Did you enjoy your all-star break?
2: Uh, Yeah, very much so.
0: Good, 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 good. Uh, Did you enjoy that Orioles game last night? Dean Kramer uh, giving the Orioles their sixth straight quality start with six innings of two-hit, one-run ball. What were your thoughts on Kramer's performance and the Orioles' rotation in general over the last 10 days?
3: Well, I I
2: thought Kramer was really, really good last night except for that third inning where he Mm -hmm. uh, walked the leadoff hitter who was, I think, a 2-0-2 hitter and then um then, then hit uh, Jacob Stalin's um you know, he boxed himself into some trouble, but I was impressed as as his manager with how he pitched out of it, so uh, and then built upon that, you know he didn't just get out of a jam, he then sort of put the hammer down, so I was very impressed
3: with him.
0: Yeah, he, he, he was dominant uh, with the exception of that third. It's crazy how pitchers can just lose their command for an inning like that and then bounce back like it never happened. But that's what exactly what Kramer did last night. And Stan, it was the eighth straight start and ninth out of ten in an Orioles starter with at least six innings. It was a sixth straight start and ninth out of ten in an Orioles starter allowed two earned runs or less. Is this starting rotation starting to show you a little bit more and give you a little bit more confidence as we head towards the dog days of summer and the playoff stretch here?
2: Yeah, I mean it's given me a lot more confidence and it's it's for me, and I wrote a column last Monday on this, to me it's really put in focus what the weakest link on this team is right now and it's the bullpen. Um and you've got you, you know me with uh starters into relievers. Mm-hmm. I'm not projecting Grayson Rodriguez become a relief pitcher permanently. That was that's my assessment at D L Hall. I know Grayson Rodriguez is destined to be a very solid Major League starter. But for this year, I think he'd be the perfect guy to bring up and put him almost in that Austin Voth role of a year ago, where if you need a spot start, uh, and Voth was actually more than a spot starter for a while. For about five or six starts, he he made them consecutively. But I think Grayson, who would you rather have in a close game in the sixth inning and we're leading and there's two runners on and you gotta get one out and then you wanna get through to Cano. Would you rather have Brian Baker, Michael Bauman, or Grayson Rodriguez? Oh Grayson Rodriguez.
0: Grayson Rodriguez, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he- And
2: that's the perfect role for him for this year. Uh almost like the rays in the postseason many, many moons ago used David Price. Uh he's a, a weapon that can um that can really turn a game around at a key moment in time.
0: And Stan, I will admit that last week you were the first person I heard mention this, but you were not the last person I've heard over the last week mention Grayson Rodriguez in a in a bullpen role. And what it really is going to come down to is if uh, – Cole Irvin is going to be able to keep pitching the way he has the last few starts in that rotation because he's the most susceptible to a Grayson Rodriguez call-up if the Orioles decide to keep him as a starting pitcher despite the innings uh, concerns this year. So we're going to see what happens there, but I don't disagree with you that maybe they want that 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 provides a weapon from within. For the Orioles bullpen. Now, stand the Cardinals announced that they're in sell mode, and they have a couple of intriguing pitchers there: uh, Jordan Montgomery in the rotation, Jordan Hicks uh, coming out of the bullpen. Do you think that the Orioles, knowing that th- that these guys are on the block now, would make a, a run at getting either or both of these guys from the Cardinals? Um. Uh,
2: again, I, I, I'm, I'm not as, I'm not as big on giving up. The prospects we have in a deal for a, a rental. So if right. I knew, if I knew the club was inclined to want to sign, let's say, sign Montgomery for three years at thirty million, then I'd make a trade for him, you know, and let Kyle Gibson walk at the end of the year, uh, because I think Jordan Montgomery would be a nice piece for the Orioles. Jordan Hicks is not as exciting to me. His uh, whip—I was looking at him yesterday. His whip is a little out of hand for me. I mean, he does have, he does have a, 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 you know, a powerful arm. No question about it. Yeah.
0: And we know that the Royals. I'd be more,
2: I'd be more inclined to, to, to turn to the Kansas City Royals and try and figure out a way to get an experienced reliever, Scott Barlow, and an up-and-coming reliever in Carlos Hernandez. Yeah. That would be, that would be my ideal to pick, pick, uh, You know, shop at one stop.
0: And honestly, Stan, now that the draft is over, that should be Michael Eyes' sole focus now is improving this ball club, whether it's through a trade or um, uh, I guess it would have to be a trade at at this point. We're We're talking about the deadline. But um, Michael Ivey's his sole focus, and, and we've we've been able to see him make moves in the past that didn't look great at the time. I mean, he was blasted for the, the Jorge Lopez trade last year, and ended up getting they ended up getting one of their top pitching prospects in Kay Povich and Yenir Cano, who's one of the top relievers in baseball, and was an all star this year. So I trust that who, he'll make. Who,
2: who was who was blasting him last year
0: for that? Trade? He was he was widely widely blasted all around baseball for trading an all star closer when really? the team, Yes, he was. Okay. When, when okay. he. When they were in the thick of a playoff race, he got blasted a little bit for the Trayman situation. I
1: think it too. was kind of the John Hamans of the world.
0: Yeah, John Heyman, Buster yeah. Olney, uh, Bob Nightingale, a lot of those guys kind of it came after. I, I didn't, Warriors. I
2: didn't recall them. I didn't recall that, but I thought it was a great. You know, I, I saw that those, the 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 gravy that he's gotten on his mashed potatoes is canoe. I mean, that's yeah, like, you know. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, and
0: it—I it, thought it was a yeah, good trade. Can cause... I ask?
2: Can I ask uh, Zach a quick question? Of course, absolutely. You reference—you referenced something when you were talking about Enrique Bradfield. Mm-hmm. You referenced Darren Erstad.
1: Uh, I did. No. No, I did not.
2: Yeah. In what? Okay. I thought I heard Darren Erstad mentioned.
1: No, no well, I did not.
0: Let's let's talk a little okay. bit. Uh, he, oh, he was he was talking about maybe that pitcher for um was it the White Sox who came up? At, Garrett Crochet. Garrett Crochet. That's who. That's who he was talking about.
2: Okay. I, I, I was you said good. you said Darren Erstad. You said Darren Erstad. That's why I looked up Darren Erstad. Okay. Garrett Crochet definitely came up that year. No question about it. Yeah, okay.
1: Garrett Crochet came up in 2020, uh, the COVID year, and never actually pitched yep. in the minor leagues. Until he actually did pitch yep. in the minor leagues this year, I guess on rehab assignment. But, um, yeah, Garrett, yep. Garrett Crochet.
2: No, but if you go back yes. and listen to the tape, you said Darren Erstad.
1: Oh, okay. I, I don't remember that. But, okay, thank. <laughs> I, okay. I, I guess I might have. And, Stan, let's
2: talk. I was talk, just let's... doing a double take, so I went through his record and saw that he, that, you know, he t- the minor the all right. You well, use my hearing. I don't know. Exactly.
0: <laughs> That's all right. It's, they do sound very similar. Now, uh, Stan, Enrique Bradfield, let's talk about him a little bit. Elite speed, elite defense. Um, the bat makes a lot of contact. Zach has concerns over the type of contact, the hard contact that he can make. How do you feel about this pick for the Orioles at number seventeen? And have you heard the rumors? And are you buying the rumors that the Orioles could potentially have him be a late season call-up uh, as a defensive replacement and pitch runner?
2: I've never heard that rumor. And exactly who is he? Who exactly who is he coming in for to play defense? I, I don't know. I just I mean, saw that, people. That's, I, a, that's a ridiculous. The Orioles are. I I one hundred percent guarantee you. That Enrique Bradfield is not coming up to the major.
0: Oh, I don't think year. he is either. But I did see people after yeah, the draft. Who is, but who said that? How many
2: people are saying that?
0: I it, it, Stan, I can't remember the names. I saw it on social media from people who were who were dissecting the the draft. I saw it on Sunday right after the pick was, and then on Monday yeah. more so.
2: I mean, by by reputable baseball people, you know, I mean like Heyman and Rosenthal or something. There's no way that has happened.
3: No, I it,
0: it, let let me rephrase. Then there were people that were that were following the draft were speculating that this was a pick that the okay. Orioles could be. I didn't hear it from a reputable yet reputable source. It just was something that caught my okay. attention.
2: Then, then why are we talking about
3: it?
0: Because it caught my attention, Stan, and it, it, it's speculation, okay. and I thought it was interesting. Okay. That's why we're talking about it. Okay. Um, how do you feel okay. about the pick? Uh, to
2: be honest with you, we interviewed him yesterday on Glenn's show terrific guy, very bright guy. Um he's got a s he's got a skill set and they think that they can make something special out of him. And uh I wouldn't underestimate him. You know, he seemed like a very, very good guy. Uh very and from what I've seen, the few video clips I've seen of him, he really plays defense, he really steals bases. I think it's a worthwhile uh, I won't call it a risk. I think it's a, a nice pick at seventeen.
1: Stan, what do you make? More
2: importantly, I thought it was—I thought it was great that they then pivoted and started taking pictures after the second pick. You know, uh, this was a year, and I heard Elias during the game last night. I—I I videotaped the game last night so I could talk to Devo about how he did on the game, and um, Mike Elias was on for an inning or so, and. He, he makes it sound like, eh, it's just the way the board fell, uh, you know, that we took so many pitchers. It really wasn't a – I think they really – they know they've got so many prospects right now, you know, uh, not clogging the veins of the organization, but they're, they're in nice shape to take a year where they really invest heavily in some pitching arms, you know, and they drafted, what, 13, exact 13 pitchers?
1: I believe that was the number, yeah. So I, I, yeah. I wanted to ask Burfing about
3: pitchers, yeah. I wanted to ask about
1: Bradfield because if you look at two stats that I think stand out a little bit, a career 311 batting average over three years, that's a tad lower than you see a lot of guys have, especially first-round mm-hmm. picks. Uh, but it is the SEC, and he faced quite good competition, obviously, at Vanderbilt. But then you look at the number only 15 career home runs in over 190 games. Does that concern you at all? Does the power concern you? Do you think he's going to be able to hit the ball hard and produce the, the exit velocities the Orioles really look for?
2: Yeah, um, I you know, I'm not 100% sure of that, but uh, it's certainly something that would raise my eyebrows. But I think they feel that uh, there's some, build, you know, that he can build up some strength, too. And that exit velocity and home runs can come from that a little bit. If they get his, you know, his, look at, look at Cedric Mullins. There's nobody in sure. the world when Cedric was coming up that would have projected him as a a twenty, you know, hit no. hit thirty in one season and be pretty much a twenty plus home run guy. He didn't project that way, so I think Bradfield is an interesting pick. I'm very impressed with the kid, though very bright kid. So uh, and he feels very positive about the organization he's going to and the reputation they have as to being able to, he's, he's very aware of what he needs to work on. You know, and and I didn't he, see any kind of, I didn't see any kind of like uh, pie in the sky, you know, um, where, no, nah, I don't really have a, a major weakness. He knows what he's got to work on, you know.
0: Well, and the good news here is that the Orioles have a really productive uh, outfield and, their fourth outfielder and Aaron Hicks is also a very productive player. So there's no need to rush uh, Enrique Bradfield. They can develop him at their pace and make sure that he has checked all the boxes before they need to think about calling him up in the future. So that's that's a nice pick for the Orioles, in my opinion. A guy with speed and defense. And if he can become even a, a John Jay type of hitter, it's going to bow well because he'll be able to turn a lot of singles into doubles and a lot of doubles into triples. So it's ex- it, for me, it's exciting and something that we'll be looking for in the future. Now, in the immediate future, stand the Orioles, they're in the midst of a stretch where they face the Marlins, Dodgers, Rays, Phillies, Yankees, and Blue Jays to close out the month. How tough is this stretch for the Orioles, and how much of an impact will this stretch have on what this team does at the deadline,
2: um, I'm not quite sure how it'll impact the deadline because that deadline is fast approaching. you sure. know I mean we're talking about ten, twelve days uh, is is they they have to really hone in on a couple candidates to trade for um it's a it's a there's no question it's a tough gauntlet right now, but as i as I pointed out early in the season. You, you might have been able, and now I have the Orioles at number two, which I didn't have at the beginning of the season. But you could probably take a handful, three, four, five teams that we really think have a good chance to win the World Series. But that doesn't mean that the next 12 teams aren't real, real good. And that's where i put, you know, Tampa and the Yankees and Toronto in that next pocket. Uh, maybe even Tampa and and Toronto would be in the top five or six, but you know it's 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 a tough gauntlet, but it figures in Major League Baseball in this day and age. There's going to be a lot of competent teams out there.
0: Yeah, yeah. and the Orioles have proven that they can play with anybody. Uh, we saw that when they, when they started that gauntlet in May, and they, they went toe-to-toe with the Braves, who were clearly the best team in baseball, and they went toe-to-toe with the Rays. And, you know, I, I believe that in that 22-game stretch, they went some... I, I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but they were well above five hundred in that stretch that we called the gauntlet. This one looks a little bit tougher, facing teams that are all pretty much in playoff position right now. Um, do the Orioles stand... Do they need uh, more... Another offensive piece to... Keep pace, or do you feel like they've solved their offensive problems from within, averaging uh, just around seven to eight runs a game in July? Have they solved this problem from within?
2: I, I don't. I don't see the offense being the problem on this team. Um, you know, they're quickly probably facing. We went over on a Glenn show yesterday the the possible candidates to be moved off the roster offensive pieces to make way for that 13th pitcher again.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um and it it really looks like Mateo's days are are possibly numbered. Uh you know, you never know what can happen with an injury or something like that. But uh, to me, and I'm not just believe me, I I got better things to do with my time than pick a vendetta with Ryan Mountcastle. I still think if I were really shaping this roster, we got three guys that can play first base, and Santander and Urias can play first base, and both of them can bat right-handed. I, I don't see Mountcastle. I see the best thing for him would be to go down and be optioned to the minor leagues for three or four weeks. It's the best thing for him, and it's the best thing for the ball club.
0: Yeah, I, I can see that happening. I think that I don't know. I just feel like Brandon Hyde. Just maybe it's a respect thing. He 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 values Ryan Mountcastle as a person and as a player. And, and, you I'm know.
2: sure I'm sure he has a great deal of loyalty to him. Yeah. But, You know, again, the stakes have changed. Who do you think is really potentially a more important player for the next thirty days? Is it Ryan Mountcastle or Jorge Mateo? And I, I still see Mateo as being a valuable piece defensively,
0: valuable piece defensively, and, and as and a pinch runner. Speed.
2: I mean, you're talking about bringing Enrique Bradfield up as a speed guy. You got, you already got one. Right,
0: know? right. No, I, I, I agree with you on, on that. Uh, I just, you know, when Ryan Mountcastle is is at, at his best, he's a very productive player. I. But, again, he hasn't shown us anything in the last two years that makes us think that this is going to turn around for him. So I don't disagree that maybe he needs a, a prolonged stint in the minor leagues to prove that he belongs up here because there are players who have well, outplayed what, him and t- taken the spot, frankly.
2: What's going to What's going to increase his trade value more, that he goes down to AAA for 30 days and dominates, okay, and and sets himself up as, hey, Teams like the Oakland A's and the Kansas City Royals would take a shot on him, or being up here batting purely against left-handed pitchers. And look what happened last night—they put him in against a left-hander, and voila, manager comes out and he's batting against a right-hander.
3: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: I I just don't think he's going to. I think his value will shrink over the next thirty days, not not get better. So
0: yeah, I, I that's I, my
2: take. That's my take on it. I don't
0: necessarily disagree with you. And the have, like you said, the stakes are higher now, and they've come to a point where this roster needs to have the best players available to them uh, on a nightly basis. And right now, you have to argue that it that those player one of those players is not Ryan Mountcastle. And if he's not in the lineup and he's not hitting, he doesn't provide you any value. So I definitely agree with yep. you, Stan. Um, yep. What do you have coming up this week?
2: Uh, Ross and I are going to be doing our Zoom at four o'clock on Monday, and we're going to have Mike Devereaux Fresh off of doing three games as an analyst on the uh, Massive games.
0: Uh, looking forward to that. I really enjoyed Mike Devereaux's, uh analysis on during the game last night. It was a. I've always been a Mike Devereaux guy, so uh, it was nice to hear him call the game.
2: All right, Stan. Uh, I, but- I thought it was. I thought it was kind of interesting that uh, you know he wore number twelve. And who hit two home runs last night?
0: Number 12, Adam Frazier. Uh,
2: Number 12, Adam Frazier. A little something going on there, I think. All right,
4: guys.
0: All right, Sam. We'll talk to you next week.
4: All right. See you.
0: That was Stan the Fan, Charles, who has changed up the format for his weekly shows. Now, every Monday at 6 p.m., Stan will be joined by former Orioles pitcher Ross Grimsley and PressBox's managing editor, Luke Jackson, to break down the latest with the Birds. Every Thursday night, Stan and Gary Stein will still chat with a different newsmaker from the world of sports. This week, they chatted with the Orioles team historian Bill Stecka ahead of the team's 40th anniversary celebration of the 1983 World Series title. You can watch the shows live at Facebook.com PressBox or find them the next day at pressboxonline.com slash video and youtube.com slash pressboxonline. So join Stan, Ross, and Luke who will be in studio in a matter of moments this and every Monday night moving forward. Uh, Before we go to break, look, I didn't see from John Heyman or Ken Rosenthal or Jonathan Mayo or Jim Callis that Enrique Bradfield was going to be called up uh, in September, but I saw from enough people talking about it on Twitter – Whose opinions I trust, and I'm not going to put their names out there because I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. But their opinions I trust as far as what they see and what they hear. That said, that it's not out of the realm of possibility that Enrique Bradfield could have been drafted to be a September call-up this year. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't. I'm not saying anybody said it concretely, but it is speculation that's interesting enough that I think it needs to be talked about. You know, whether you agree with me or not, that that's uh, you know that's another conversation for another day. But. Uh, let me just put, put it out there that nobody with a blue that with an earned blue check mark next to their name said this it was just something i saw multiple times and made me think hmm that's interesting what do people think about it i was more so in a trying to get somebody's opinion on the possibility not saying that other people thought this is definitely going to happen we got to catch a break when we come back in uh, we're going to do the payoff pitch around the league and I want to save sounding off with Zach Goodman for when Luke gets here because I'd like to get his opinion because this is going to be our July top five teams in baseball power ranking so I'd like to get uh, Luke's take on that as well so we'll see you back here in a few minutes on the battle round
5: Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. It starts on the 14th with our big hitter bobblehead, Connor Norby for the first 750 fans. Saturday sees our special circus night with post-game fireworks. And Sunday features the Kobe Mayo Squish Pillow with special ticket package. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at baysox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox. Let us be your nine-inning vacation.
6: I'm Michael Jan Grandy, president of of AJ Michaels, your carrier energy expert for 44 years. Save money, energy, and make your home more comfortable and virus free. Find us at ajmichaels.com. That's ajmichaels.com.
7: Hey Birdland! A new alternative payment method is available at Oreo Park at Camden Yards for the 2023 season. Ozpay is a quick, convenient, and rewarding option to make payments at concessions and retail locations throughout the ballpark. Use O's pay to unlock rewards, special offers, and unique experiences. And with secure contactless payment you'll get back to your seats faster get started in the MLB ballpark app or learn more at orioles.com ospay that's orioles.com ospay
8: your summer destination is closer than you think at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. With an expansive gaming floor and incredible dining options ready for you to explore, your adventure awaits. Dine at the new Koho Korean Barbecue House coming in July or on the patio at the Prime Rib. Enjoy the summertime breeze at Orchid Smoking Patio. Limited time packages starting at $229. What are you waiting for? Book now. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call one 800 gambler. Make the most out of
4: every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models, a RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Hike to new heights. The best
8: view is yours in Washington County. Our iconic scenic overlooks provide some of the most breathtaking vistas in the Mid-Atlantic. Some are very easy walks, some can be driven to, and some are the payoff for a moderate to difficult hike. All are near quaint small towns that offer great dining, shopping, hiking gear, and more. Explore our five national parks for iconic vistas and wineries with breathtaking views. Visit our quaint historic towns and make your stay unforgettable. Learn more at visithagerstown.com. Maryland, be open. That
7: first sip. That first bite.
6: Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab eating vacation. And Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore.
1: Welcome back in to the Bataround. round Did you know the P- Press Box's Glenn Clark Radio is the definitive place to find the best daily discussion of Baltimore sports? Watch the show every weekday from 10 to noon at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or facebook.com slash sports or listen at PressBoxOnline.com radio. With podcasts available on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You never know who might pop up on GCR. This week, the guys caught up with Orioles' first-round pick, Enrique Bradfield Jr., the legendary Ken Singleton, and Adley Rutschman's dad, Randy, after he threw in the Home Run Derby. You can find those interviews and more right now in the Glenn Clark Radio Week interview feature at PressBoxOnline.com. Griffin will be out from... tuesday to friday this week so i will be in with glenn and you can catch me four days this week so if you'd like to do that tune in to glenn clark radio
0: all right i don't know why anybody would want to listen to zach i don't either honestly that's a great
1: question i don't know why even glenn asks me i i really don't know
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right it is now time (laughs) i don't understand We're, we're just joking we all love zach um now time for the payoff pitch around the league Dean Kramer, not the Orioles' sixth straight quality start and eighth straight start of at least six innings with six innings of two-hit, one-run ball. And Cedric Mullins, Ryan O'Hearn and Adam Frazier combined for eight hits, three home runs and five RBIs, two of the home runs and four of the RBIs from Frazier himself. To pace of the offense, the Orioles moved to 20 games above 500 for the first time since 2014 with a 5-2 win over the Marlins. Manny Machado stayed hot with his 16th home run, and the superstar teammates Juan Soto and Fernando Tatis joined him in the home run department. While Yu Darvish struck out nine over six innings of one-run ball, as the Padres took care of business against the Phillies, eight to three. Michael Conforto collected two hits, two RBIs, and a stolen base to lead the offense in the Giants' 6-4 win over the Pirates. Vladdy Homer, Chapman had three knocks, and Jose Barrios allowed one run while pitching into the six to lead Toronto past Arizona 7-2. Corbin Burns struck out 13 over six shutout innings, allowing two hits as the Brewers squeaked one out against the Reds 1-0. I hate this. does this every time. Uh, J.D. Martinez homered. Mookie Betts collected two hits, and Julio Arias allowed one hit over six shutout innings as the Dodgers blanked the Mets six to nothing. Matt Olson connected for a first-inning grand slam, his NL-leading thirtieth bomb, and Charlie Morton allowed three hits over seven shutout innings to pick up his tenth win, a nine-nothing victory over the White Sox. The Red Sox homered five times, including two by Rafael Devers, to blast the Cubs eight to three. Cody Bellinger homered twice for Chicago in the loss. Josh and Bo Naylor each homered in the third inning, joining BJ and Justin Upton, Tommy and Hank Aaron, and Callum Billy Ripton as a fourth set of brothers to homer for the same team in the same inning. But despite the niceties of that fact, Nate Lau uh, had four hits, one being a home run. Jonah Heim drove in four, and Corey Seager and Adoles Garcia added homers to push the Rangers past the Guardians 12-4. Uh, the New York Yankees and Colorado Rockies, former known Oriole killer Randall Gritchik Homer and Austin Gomer allowed two earned runs in six innings as the Rockies took care of business against the Yankees, 4-2 to two. for Gomer. It was a fourth straight start of at least five innings pitched and two earned runs after accomplishing the feat just three times in his first 15 starts. Kyle Tucker and Jose Abreu combined for five hits and two RBIs. And Shohei Otani allowed five runs in five innings as the Astros took down the Angels 7-5. to five. Joey Gallo came through with a big two-run homer in the top of the ninth, and the Twins' bullpen held on, allowing a run in the bottom half but coming out with a victory over the A's 5-4. to four. The Tigers hit three home runs, and Eduardo Rodriguez struck out seven over five solid innings to stop the Mariners five to four. Uh, the uh, Nationals and St. Louis Cardinals were suspended in the third inning due to rain with the Cardinals up one to nothing thanks to a Lars Nootbaar dinger, all-time name there. And the Tampa Bay Tampa Bay Rays and Kansas City Royals were postponed due to rain, which allowed the Orioles, with their victory, to get within a game and a half of the first place but struggling Tampa Bay
1: Rays. They're making that game up today at 2:10 is game one. Uh... I guess game two is to be determined, but we're looking at the doubleheader there for those games today. Uh, First game of the day, Blake Snell takes on Tywon Walker. It's a veteran matchup at Citizens Bank Park. That's the Padres and the Phillies. That's at 105. As I mentioned, the Rays take on the Royals in game one of a doubleheader. That's 210 at Kauffman Stadium. Tyler Glass now goes up against Alec Marsh. James Paxton, Marcus Stroman, they've both been really good based on the numbers this season. The Red Sox, they'll take on the Cubs, 220 at Wrigley Field. Zach Gallen, he might win a Cy Young this year. It's very possible. Takes on Chris Bassett of the Blue Jays. That's 3 7 at the Rogers Center as the D-backs are in town. Gavin Williams goes for the Guardians. Andrew Heaney goes for the Rangers 4 5 at Globe Life Field. Ryan Weathers goes for the Padres as Ranger Suarez goes for the Phillies 7 5 at Citizens Bank Park. Former Oriole Alex Cobb takes on Johan Oviedo as the Pirates. Battle at home against the Giants PNC Park 705 tonight. Kyle Gibson goes for your Baltimore Orioles in Baltimore against Braxton Garrett and the Miami Marlins as the Orioles look to get, take game 2 of the series. Pablo Lopez takes on Hogan Harris 707 at the Oakland Coliseum. The Twins battle the Oakland Athletics. Game two is scheduled to start at 7-10 for the Rays and the Royals. Cole Raggins on the mound for the Royals to be determined, our favorite pitcher on the mound for the Rays. Freddie Peralta takes on Andrew Abbott, Brewers and Reds, 7-10 at Great American Ballpark. Tony Gonsolin, Kodai Sanga, who's been really good for the Mets this year, 7-15 at City Field. Dodgers are in town for a classic matchup against New York. Jake Irvin takes on Steven Matz. That's the Nats and the Cards, 7:15 at Bush Stadium. White Sox take on the Braves, Spencer Strider, the excellent young starting pitcher takes on the veteran Lance Lynn 7:15 at Truist Park. Clark Schmidt and Connor Seabold go head to head, that's the Yankees and the Rockies 8:10 at Coors Field. Framber Valdez takes on Reed Detmers, two lefties Astros and Angels in division matchup there 9:07 at Angel Stadium. Michael Lorenzen, the former two-way player goes for the Tigers, George Kirby, the second-year man goes for the Mariners 9:40 at T-Mobile Park. And it looks like there's a suspended game already uh, that's happened today. I, d- I didn't know there was a doubleheader, but there's already a suspended game. The Nationals and the Cardinals they were in the bottom of the third, and apparently that that's, was the game. That oh, was that's gonna be last night. Okay, okay, that's it's confusing the way I I, I listed it here. But Trevor Williams and Miles Michaelis uh, in that game that will be continued as the Nationals and the Cardinals go head to head, and then they'll have game two later on it seems so there you go all Games right on tap.
0: all right well we are going to catch our second break now with luke jackson being moments away from coming into studio we got a lot a nice long orioles banter segment with him coming up so we're going to catch a break when we come back luke jackson uh editor for press box will be in studio that's next on the battle round
4: it's a maryland
6: Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get, so get your crab eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore.
4: The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com.
6: only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Cheer on the O's at Camden Yards. Pick crabs by the waterfront. Beat the heat inside a world-class museum and make memories that will last a lifetime. Go to Baltimore.org for more information and to plan your visit.
9: I'm Griffin Bass, and I have the extraordinary, mind-blowing, and life-affirming pleasure of being the new producer for the absolute funniest, smartest, and most handsome sports host in all of Baltimore. Wait a second. Glenn, I'm working for you, not Jeremy Kahn. If you're not listening to Glenn Clark Radio, here's what you're missing.
8: He's Coach Kevin Willard. Glenn, thanks for having me. Baltimore Ravens wide receiver Rashad Bateman. Thank you, I appreciate it. He is outfielder Cedric Mullins. Thank you guys for having me. Mr. Marcus Williams, who's now with us. Man, appreciate it. Happy to be on. Ravens kicker Justin Tucker. Thanks for having me. Adley Rutchman. Absolutely, thanks for having me on. John Angelos. Thanks a lot. Good to be with you. He is Gunnar Henderson. Thank you all so much. Marlon Humphrey. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Talia Tangavaloa. Thank you guys for having
9: me. He is J.K. Dobbins. Thank you for having me. I had a great time.
8: It's a great. Lewis. always good
9: to be on. He is Mr. Cal Ripken Jr. Good chatting with you. Watch Glenn Clark Radio at youtube.com pressboxonline and listen live at pressboxonline.com radio or anytime on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or anywhere you get your podcasts.
6: I'm Michael Jan Grandy, president of AJ Michaels, your carrier energy expert for 44 years. Save money, energy, and make your home more comfortable and virus-free. Find us at ajmichaels.com. That's ajmichaels.com.
7: All electronic Tolling is here to stay in Maryland and drive helps you cruise a little easier we're Maryland's tolling resource home to easy pass pay by plate and video tolling it's never been easier to pay your way drive will keep you moving
0: all right whack, well whack them whack' em.
1: Welcome back to the bat around. round.
0: Welcome all. Welcome back to the batter round. Welcome back to the batter round. Paul Valley, Zach Goodman in studio today, waiting on Luke Jackson. Will be here in just a moment to talk some Orioles banter with us. Um, Orioles are they're playing some good baseball, and it's crazy how different two weeks can make things seem. Yeah. Two weeks ago, they were in the midst of losing two of three to the Minnesota Twins, where they. After losing two or three to the Cincinnati Reds, where they scored three runs in that three game series against the Twins. And then they go to play the New York Yankees. They lose a game, I think it was something like four to two or eight to four or mm-hmm. something like that. And they call up Colton Kalzer, and now all of a sudden, they're scoring six, seven, eight runs a game. They have two monster blowouts, oh. beating the Yankees 14-1 to and the Twins 15-2. to They had, I think they had like five innings of five runs or more from mm-hmm. Thursday through Sunday mm-hmm. last week, uh, which was just damn impressive. And now it, it makes you think, I've been saying since the offseason, the Orioles need another bat for the middle of this order, yeah. but that bat might be Ryan O'Hearn. Might that be that be bat, it might be Colin Couser, It might be Colin Kowser, It might be Jordan Westberg. Uh, this team is playing maybe their best baseball. Right. It's the first time that we've seen... All three facets of the game in unison. Yeah, where you're the That's defense. true. The defense is playing well. The starting rotation is getting deep in the games. The bullpen is coming in. It's a lot easier for the bullpen to succeed when they only had to pitch the seventh, eighth, and right. ninth innings.
1: I thought Dean Kramer had his best stuff last night. He was a, very a, a, it, of the whole year. He was really good last night. The, the, yeah. the,
0: the cutter was really good. His last start too, and it was really good. It almost looked like a sweeper last night because. Yeah. It seemed like maybe he was taking some velocity. He had a lot of movement. A lot of movement. He got Jorge Soler to look foolish.
1: So I was impressed, though, not not so much at the cutter, but at the fastball and changeup combo. And mm-hmm. that's what, if you look at what the Orioles did for John Means and how they made him into a really productive starter. They've done it to a lot of other guys. Yannick Cano relies heavily off the fastball changeup combo. To me, you look at That combo from Dean Kramer last night, what he was able to do, especially with the changeup, so much better, so much better than what he was doing, you know, start one, two, three of the year. So, I mean, it's a drastic difference to me. He's getting so many more swing and misses right now on the fastball changeup combo. And like you said, when you add a cutter in there, you add his 12-6 breaking balls in there. That's a really good combo. That's going to have a lot of success if he can keep locating the fastball and locating the changeup. That's that's what he did last night. That's why and, he was so good.
0: And it's crazy because the cutter has now become a weapon for him. And it was yep. a weapon for him last year. Yeah. But in 2021, when he was so bad, the cutter was what kept getting him in trouble. And right. I believe a lot of his home runs he's given up this year, and he's given up 20, yeah. uh, have come off the cutter. Well, especially Same can, thing with Tyler Wells.
1: Uh, from a righty-righty perspective, it can just cut right into the barrel. Mm-hmm. you know you're it cuts late and that's where the guy you know it's gonna go off the the barrel of the bat um and you're gonna get bad results is is what's gonna happen when you leave a cutter in the middle of the zone so that's the unfortunate nature of the cutter it's it's better against you know a righty lefty combo matchup where it's gonna kind of run into the handle of the bat for lefties most of the time that that's at least the the way I look at it
0: yeah and if it's thrown correctly where it starts at the middle of the plate and breaks out to the uh it breaks out to the outside box, outside batter, outside batter's box against a right-handed hitter. Uh, it is deadly because it looks like yeah. a fastball, and then it just moves away from the bat um, at the last second. But that's and that's also one of the reasons why it gets hit so well because the the tilt that you hold the baseball on is such a micro fraction of a difference that when uh, Luke, you can come on in. Yeah, it's such a micro-fraction of a difference um, that it turns a cutter from being really deadly into being really hittable, uh, and you really can't tell the difference unless you have become... You can close it. Unless you have become a master of throwing the pitch, uh, which is why... When you when you see, when you throw it incorrectly, you've seen Tyler Wells and Dean yeah. Kramer give up a lot of home runs off of
1: Paul, home. just FYI, our three-shot is all messed up at the moment, so while I, I can kind of get that ready as you guys get it going, but I'm going to have Luke on just just in the mic for the moment. I uh, apologize about that, but the three-shot is not showing any of our cameras, Oh, so okay. we'll get that figured out. That's good. All right. Zach's going <laughs> to
0: fix that. In the meantime, uh, editor for PressBox, Luke Jackson, is in studio. Luke, thanks for joining us today. How are you, man? Oh,
10: thank you for having me. Sorry for being a few minutes late. I got started uh, like 10 minutes later than I wanted to.
0: I was, down here. I was three to five minutes late for the show today myself. So we mm. could, we got started a little bit later too. So no big deal. A lot of us running late today and I don't take it personally because I am rarely on time mm. in my life, but I'm, I'm never like egregiously late. I'm never like 15 minutes late. for something. Late. I'm always fashionably late. Never yeah. more than three to five Not minutes. Not disrespectfully late. Exactly. Yeah, Just, I a, that. A, so a, I'm, I'm life happened late. Okay. There you, you know, you know go. what I mean? There we go. Uh, so, you're in here to do our midseason report on the Orioles. But before we get into that, Orioles take Enrique Bradfield, a center fielder mm-hmm. out of Vanderbilt with the 17th overall pick in the draft. Elite level speed and defense makes makes a lot of contact. We're, not, we're kind of unsure about the hard contact that he makes. Your thoughts on Enrique Bradfield as a player and as a pick for the Orioles?
10: Yeah, it was a little bit of a departure from what they normally done. Uh, but as I was telling somebody a few days ago, Uh, When you're picking in the top five, it's like you're picking uh, a menu item from a five-star restaurant. You've got a lot of guys up top who can do it all. Mm -hmm. Once you get down to the 17 range, there's probably going to be something about their game that – um, that slides them down to that part of the draft, or they're like a 17 year old high schooler. There's like requires a lot of dreaming on, or something like that, and that's what they were looking at. They were probably looking at a lot of high school shortstops in that range. Uh, I know one went to the uh, Blue Jays one pick later, uh, and then they're, you're looking at college players who you know aren't as highly thought of as college players who go up top like Dylan Cruz. Mm-hmm. So. I mean that's just part of it, and that's going to be, that's just going to be life for the Orioles in the draft from now on. You don't get Jackson Holiday at seventeen, so I I don't know a ton about the player beyond what you know and what you know, um, just what I've read. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't watch much Vanderbilt on the SEC network this year, uh, sure. so uh, I'm I'm just looking forward to seeing him at Aberdeen because I it's it's fun to have a guy. Who can apparently run as well as he can, and it's going to be about can he hit well enough to make the speed work and to make the speed game changing,
0: um, and so we'll see. Uh, and there is, and I I want to be um, careful in how I say this because uh, Stan got upset with me for it, but um, there was speculation from some fans on social media, and I say speculation from fans, nobody that's uh, that is like an official analyst or mm-hmm. or draft specialist. Um, that Enrique Bradfield could be a September call-up. I think that's completely out of the realm of possibility, no. but they're thinking spe- specifically 80-grade speed, 70-grade defense. Is that completely um, out of the realm of possibilities? Here? I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for them to think about
10: it, mm-hmm. uh, but I think as a practical matter, you have someone on the roster who basically does those things right now, Right. Uh, at least on the bases. Uh, and it creates a 40 man issue where he doesn't have to be placed. Bradfield doesn't have to be placed on the 40 man for three more years. Right. And you're going to start his clock this early. And as far as we can tell, you know, he, he needs some developmental time. Sure. Uh, for the bat. Uh, and I, and another thing that on Bradfield, I'll trust this group with hitters. Uh, Mm -hmm. they've earned a lot of rope. Uh, and if they think that they could develop him as a hitter, I'm, inclined to believe them uh so yeah i i just don't i i I don't see the need for it sure um but i just from a developmental standpoint i think that would be kind of unfair to the player agreed and uh, let's yeah but i I don't think it's out of balance to think about i mean if the guy has 80 speed Mm -hmm. then you know that, that I don't think it's out of bounds to think of that about that on a playoff roster.
0: Yeah, and and let's be clear here that the Orioles they have no need, like you said, because they have they have Jorge Mateo on the roster who's got 70, 80 grade speed, um, who they can use in, as, in a pinch running situation. Mm-hmm. They've got. He can also play really good defense in the infield, and he can play in the outfield in a pinch. And honestly, I think he can be a better than in a pinch outfielder. I think that he's got the athleticism. We've seen him track some pop-ups and fly balls in the mm-hmm. past where he looks really good doing it. So uh, I don't think that there's a need there. I just thought it was interesting that I immediately heard people speculating that, he, that this could have been that type of draft pick where they would use him for a playoff as part of a playoff roster, a la Gerard Dyson. Is it Jared or Gerard Dyson? I thought it was Terrence Gore. Terrence. <laughs>
1: Terrence Gord's a good Terrence example. Gord. You know what? I And by the way, it, it looks like our third camera is not working. That's why Glenn had it unplugged and on the table over here is, gotcha. is what I'm assuming. It's not lighting up. It's not doing anything. So it, it feels like it's broken. So unfortunately, Luke, we're only going to have you on audio today. Um, but I actually thought Jackie Bradley Jr. Mm-hmm. when I heard about this Enrique Bradfield pick and I went back and I looked a little more. And Luke, I want to get your thoughts on that because... Jackie Bradley Jr. had a few good years in, in Boston, hit a little bit, great defender, a lot of speed. Bradfield's probably a tad more athletic, but again, the quality of contact is what I'm kind of worrying about right now for Enrique Bradfield.
10: I think Bradley was like a dynamite player on a South Carolina
1: team that won the national
10: championship.
1: You could be like, right. I don't know much about his college I, days, like but like he was like
10: I think he's like one of the best SEC college ball players ever. Like I so I I think that's probably a lofty comparison. Um
1: Well, I, I was saying for projection wise oh. at the major league level. What he might do at the major league level is is, is what I'm saying. So again, I, I don't know much about college I, or about uh, Brad Bradley's college experience. Um
10: yeah, I don't I don't I don't know. Um you know, Bradley had some good years in Boston um and against right handers would have some pop. So well I, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I fair I'm enough. Guessing, <laughs> I, I I mean I'm guessing that you had the that he had that kind of career that would be a success i'm guessing
0: uh, well if you're taking him in the first round and he ends up being a a guy who hits like 200 i, I don't know how much of a, su- a success that is but if he ends up yeah. being a guy like- Bradley was better
1: than that. So Bradley's Boston, be- right? Bradley's best year, he slashed two sixty seven, three forty nine, four eighty six. That was twenty sixteen. His only All Star year, and he clubbed twenty six home runs, which I'm not sure I see Enrique Bradfield doing at any yeah. point. Yeah, I mean, that, home yeah, I, I, mean that's, home
10: uh, I mean, that's probably like a top three center field year that that season. Right. So, like, I mean, if if yeah, I mean, if Bradfield does that, then but yeah. the career
1: slash line for Jackie Bradley is 225, 303, 381, and that's. I, I, again, maybe under what uh, Enrique Bradfield might do in the long term. I'm just throwing out a comparison. I, yeah.
0: I, I, I don't look at him as being a guy who, I think that maybe with development, he could turn into a guy who hits, you know, maybe 10 home runs a year. Um, but I think you're looking at more of a, a slash hitter who's going to get on base uh, at a, a, who, who's going to get on base at a decent clip and provide you a lot of sure. a lot of speed, a lot of stolen bases, a lot of havoc on the base paths. A guy who can you know turn routine ground balls into base hits and singles into doubles and walks into doubles with yeah. because of the stolen base effect. And a ball into the corner might be a triple more often than it is a double. You know, it depending. So I don't I won't pretend to know a lot about. Um, Enrique Bradfield. I don't watch a ton of college baseball, mm-hmm. um, but I think the pick is intriguing enough that I don't hate it. And when you look at what the Orioles have right now, when you when you factor in Hayes, Mullins, Cowser, Santander, and Hicks on the current roster, Hessenkurstad is going to be coming up uh, so- sooner rather than later. They have a little bit of time where they don't need to rush this. They can develop him exactly the way they need to develop him and get him up when he's 100% ready to be at the big league level instead of bringing him up early out of need because they're not going to have that need. Uh, At least it would seem anyway. So that's uh, something that's certainly interesting to keep an eye on. And it's nice that the Orioles are in a position where their first-round draft pick doesn't need to be ready and be
1: a boom pick in two years. It's interesting, though, if you look at the draft, they took... All college players besides one guy. And that's an interesting approach. And I guess the approach that Michael Elias has generally took over the past few years. um, You know, you look at Gunnar Henderson was uh, one of the higher high school picks he made. And then, of course, Jackson Holiday at number one last year. Mm -hmm. But it's generally been college-heavy drafts for Michael Elias because he needed to, of course, expedite the process of the rebuild by getting guys who were closer to ready to the major leagues. And I view Bradfield as another one of those guys who is probably what? two years, at most two and a half years away from the Major Leagues, given that he hits the way the Orioles probably expect him to. And I think they got their guy, by the way. I I think this is a guy the Orioles really wanted. Michael Elias said that they had him higher than 17, I believe, Mm -hmm. on their board. This is a guy they clearly wanted and and have a lot of stock in. And one thing I was going to suggest to Luke, and I don't know if he he agrees with this, and and Paul, you as well, maybe the development of Cedric Mullins and the way all they've gotten out of him, out of a predominantly speed and defense-based player, uh, made them think that they could do something similar with Bradfield. It's it's a it's a possibility.
10: Sort of the inverse of the Yankees taking Spencer Jones because they were comfortable with their uh, track record uh, developing big
1: college outfielders. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. You, know, you could be right.
0: Yeah, I, you, you could be right. I I um Cedric Mullins was a Dan Duquette pick
1: sure but i i would i would argue they've developed him for the most part yeah yeah
0: you you could that's that's a fair argument when he got called up in 2018 um he had developed and then he was he was in in 2019 he was just so bad right he he got demoted from the major league roster to triple a and from triple a to double a and then in 2019 um and 2020 he he came back and looked to be a solid player for that right uh, I'm sorry, not 2019, 2020. He came yes. back and was a solid player for them, and then 2021. We know that season was magical, and th- I do do think that that has a lot to do with the Orioles' development as it currently stands. So it's a, it's an interesting thought and one that has merit for sure. Now, before we get into things, and actually, you know what, we're going to get into this right now. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to talk about some some grading here. We're gonna let's grade the Orioles' their midseason report card. All right, and we'll start with Luke since he is the uh, guest on the show mm-hmm. and the expert in my eyes. Um, start with the with the starting rotation. What is your grade for the world's rotation as a whole? Oh, how about B minus? B minus, and what are your thoughts behind that?
10: Well, I think for the most part they've done what they expect the club expected them to do, which was keep them in ball games, keep them engaged in ball games until the middle innings, until uh, they could piece it together in the bullpen until uh, they get to Felix. Um, not quite enough innings out of that group and a few too many blow-up outings. Mm-hmm. And so that so the, the starting rotation over the past six games has been really, really good. They're going to need that to continue uh, in the second half because they do have a tough second-half schedule uh, and they need the rotation to be a little bit better uh, than it's been so far. But they've predominantly used six starters to this point uh and they're all healthy uh they've all been able to take the ball every fifth day and in today's baseball there's a lot to be said for that yeah there's a lot to be said for a dean kramer who can reliably take the ball every fifth day yeah there's a lot i mean and i will also say that the development of kyle bradish has been uh one of the big bright spots for me of this first half because You look at when he came back, once he got into a rhythm after the shin thing, Mm -hmm. he's been one of the best pitchers in the American League. No doubt. Since then. No doubt. So that's been great. Um, I think uh, we'll have to see where Tyler Wells' innings go because he wore down last year. Mm -hmm. He's already passed his innings uh, count from last year. Hopefully he uh, remains fresh throughout the year uh, because they're going to need him in the second half. Uh, I guess the big disappointment that wasn't necessarily a surprise because he's like 23 years old and he was injured last year was Grayson just not looking ready right Uh, I mean he showed flashes but he didn't quite uh look ready uh hopefully he's making progress down in triple a uh because uh I think they're they're certainly looking at him maybe who knows in a bullpen roll down the stretch with his innings Mm -hmm. and to be a big part of their rotation in 2024 so we'll see where that goes but p minus seems about right they've Mostly kept the, the team in, in ballgames, and this isn't a rotation making a ton of money.
0: Yeah, and, and Stan mentioned the idea last week to us on the show. And he was the first person I told him. He was the first person to say it to me, but he hasn't been the last one I've heard since then, uh, that Grayson Rodriguez could be slated for the bullpen to sure, close of the year. And it makes a lot of sense, and he has been absolutely shoving at triple a's era is right around two still yeah.
10: a few too many walks yeah and i mean i'm sure when he walks guys down there in the back of his mind he knows that oh that guy probably scores mm-hmm. in the big leagues and that sort of thing but apparently the start he made the second to last start before the break where he struck out 12 and or 13 and in six innings or whatever it was apparently he looked like Grayson rodriguez yeah and that didn't was, walk anybody and, in that start and that might have been the first time where he lo- really looked like that since his injury mm-hmm. and th- and the big issue with grayson and this isn't the grayson i saw in the in the minor leagues but the big issue after his injury was the command mm-hmm. and that the command just wasn't the same and you saw that in the major leagues falling behind hitters two O counts 3-1 counts uh and getting into predictable situations so he's got to get ahead and if he does he's got wipeout stuff but yeah. if you fall behind constantly doesn't matter how good your stuff is.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree with that 100%. And he, he did get a uh, short start last Sunday, uh, three innings, yep, where he also right. didn't give up anything. Um, and Michael Elias on the broadcast last night was talking about how he could be close to a, another promotion. Um, which will, I think will ultimately help this team. I think he's gotten that confidence that he didn't have when he was pitching at the big league level sure. for the first half of the year. Um, so I think that he's going to maybe come up and maybe start to look like the Grayson Rodriguez we expected him. Hope he's so. gonna, I he's hope still so. going to be hope so. growing pains for him, obviously, because he's so young and he's a rookie, but I yeah. think he'll look a lot better the second time around. And, and, Zach, you're great you know, for the rotation.
1: I'm going to also go B minus. I think Ooh. that's a fair grade. Uh, and, and the reason, I, I would probably go in the Cs, but as Luke kind of mentioned, they're getting every single thing out of not a ton of overall talent, I think. I mean, you look at Kyle Gibson. He's performing much better than I think most people could have predicted. And much mm. better than he did last year, to be fair. Kyle Bradish, I, I think you're kind of getting out of him what I expected. I thought he'd be good, really good this year, and he has been for the most part. Uh, Dean Kramer, I think you're, you look at a start like last night. I think you're getting more out of him than could have been expected. There's a number of guys in this rotation, um, and not even you know even the full time guys such as Grayson Rodriguez or the non full time guys I should say, um, who have given you really good starts here and there. I mean there are a few really good Grayson Rodriguez starts, so they're getting what they can out of not a ton of talent, and I like that. So B minus for them.
0: Yeah, and and see for me it's it's hard because I don't want to I don't want to have the cop out and say B minus, but it's kind of the B minus is kind of the perfect grade for them, right? Because, uh, yeah, definitely. Because you've had some really great developments out of this mm-hmm. starting rotation but you've also had some disappointment out of this ro- rotation. So I'm going to go ahead and give them a and, and I do think that the that the the, the positive developments outweigh the negative. Oh, and undoubtedly. So I'm going to yeah. go I'm going to give them a B minus. Also, Kyle Bradish his last 13 starts of 2022, he had a 323 ER mm-hmm. and he looks just as good if not better this year. He has been yep. consistently good for right. about two and a half months now. Yeah,
1: I, I even think it's fair to say that Tyler Wells is playing far pitching, I should say, far better than expected. I yeah. mean a, again, a, a reliever in previous years, had a few starts mixed in, now a a legitimate full time starter that has one of the lowest whips in baseball. That's I mean, impressive.
10: I, I, I mean you look at what they are getting out of two Rule five picks this right. year. Mm-hmm. And Santa exactly. and Wells, I mean, you're looking for you know value anywhere. You know, that's pretty good. That's unreal. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I look at like what you said, Tyler Wells the really good is the low ERA. He's um, got the lowest whip in baseball, one of the lowest on base percentage, with the lowest batting averages against. Right. The the bad is there's only like three pitchers who have given up more home runs. Than yeah, and, the, and they've uh, all been a lot of solo. Uh, but how long exactly a lot, lot of last? solo?
10: Yeah, and, and the reason why his bad whip is so low is the same reason why he's given up so many home runs. He, I mean, he gives up a lot of fly balls. He's a fly mm-hmm. ball guy, and so undoubtedly, uh, you know, And for him, it seems like they're either caught or they leave the park. Right, and so that's just <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's just the way it goes, and. Sometimes it seems like uh, the right-handed hitters can sit on like a cutter up against him uh, and, and drive it out of the ballpark. And but we'll, but we'll see. I mean, he uh, we've gotten everything that we could have hoped for out of out of uh, Tyler.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. He and um, Braddish have been really nice developments. Then you look at Dean Kramer, and the first month of the se- uh, first month of the season, you're like, oh my god, 2021 all over again. Yeah. But then he had that 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 seven inning shutout start against the Nationals, and you said, you know yep. what? It's still in there. I yep. don't think twenty twenty one Dean Kramer could have done that, right? Yeah, and then sure. and really since the beginning of May, his ERA is like three and I think it's sub three and a half. It's been quite good. You know, you, you throw out that that seven that seven run start against um who they have the seven run start against against Cincinnati, I think it was. No, no, it was
10: against uh, Minnesota, and You're right, I, I'm min- throwing that out for two reasons. Number one, the city connect curse was still in effect at yeah. that point <laughs> and the uh uh twins had just gotten blitzed three straight days in atlanta and they had a big team meeting and rocco like ripped his team in the media and they came out like and you got the horton's nest that mm-hmm. friday after that atlanta series so we could throw that out
0: yeah so we'll, we'll throw we'll throw that star. i could have sworn that was kyle gibson they got they got hit around by the twins i thought it was it, it, no, it kyle gibson got hit around by the Reds. What- yeah, you're right. You're right. It was it was Gibson against the Reds, and then it was uh, Kramer. That was I, a
10: bad turn through the rotation.
0: Yeah, that was that was a really bad turn <laughs> through the rotation where we where we started questioning things. Now they've had ten games where nine of them they've given up two earned
1: runs or less. Well, again, exactly. mean, flows. Kyle Gibson's pitching for his tenth win today. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm not a big proponent of wins and losses in baseball, but I will say it just shows how much better Kyle Gibson has been than could have been expected. It's well, just, at the end of the day, he's giving them a chance to win when he goes out.
0: No, that, that's that's absolutely true. And when you look at, Dean Kramer picked up his 10th win last night. Right. Tyler mm-hmm. Wills has has seven wins. You have three guys in your rotation that are going to have double-digit victories. Right. And. Yeah, wins are an antiquated stat these days, but you have to be doing something right to get that that number of wins. Typically, you be- means
10: you're you're sticking around in games.
0: Yeah, you're you keeping know. you're keeping your team in in ball And really, and- what
1: what he was signed to be is an innings eater, and that's been honestly we you've gotten more out of him than yeah. even that. He, he's been Jordan Lyles is your quintessential innings eater from 2022, not 23, because he's been. Awful. one of the worst they pitchers pick up a win not that long ago <laughs> he's lost like 16 games already or 14 or whatever. It's 11 he's oh, won an 11 that's it but it, they've they've lost 16 games that he's pitched in i think yeah. is the uh the the, the every stat.
0: start but one i believe and that was one that he won two starts and i guess ago, he's,
1: he's eating innings for the royals but yeah. he's not certainly but no so quality innings you look
0: in. at this rotation and kyle you know dean kramer was really bad for a month but you trust him every time out now kyle gibson you know, he he started a little slow, then he picked things up, and then he got hit around for a little bit again. He's kind of exactly what you expected him to be. Cole Irvin, for me, was, has been too much of a disappointment for me to be able to give them higher than a B-minus, and he's been good his last few times out. He looks like who, the guy that they traded for, but do, yeah. you, do you trust him when you see him on the mound? Do you trust that he's not going to give up a lot of contact?
10: Sometimes it looks like Brandon can't wait to get him out of the game. Mm-hmm. And I honestly... Can't I, don't, I Can't blame him. You understand. Blame. I mean, his stuff's a little light. For this division and I think that's what Everyone saw the first three Outings that he had um, I think I, I was joking to Stan uh, They might have to back up This wall to Pimlico uh, <laughs> But I mean it's just like the touch And feel command and control lefties generally Do not work in the AL East And yeah. you know that's and that's What and but like you said Since he came back from Norfolk he's Pretty much been the guy they traded for Yeah, uh, yeah. and even though i mean they they paid a pretty good price to get him uh because i, I mean i saw hernandez in in Aberdeen. i really liked him and so that's a good get by oakland but uh yeah um but he just at, made his way to a triple
1: yeah, you oakland. know what what i've seen from irvin so far is that he's tight-roped out of a lot of bad situations mm-hmm. and again we Yeah, we, i mean
10: by all by all rights he should have given up a three-run homer in in minnesota exactly
1: yeah. and and Cedric Mullins makes an unbelievable catch but And that's a lineup that we we talked about it last week. That you really have Byron Buxton, Carlos Correa, and there's not too many others. Either one of them
0: are lighting the world on fire this year,
1: right? And then Buxton's the guy who hits a basically hits a home run. Cedric Mullins takes it back. It's it's a good game at the end of the day, but Mm -hmm. it's look. Cole Irvin, I think the other shoe will drop, and he might not look like that guy they traded for in a few weeks. I, I think that's going to be bound to happen. But once again, he's going to be similar to that Grayson Rodriguez role, where he's going to give you one or two games that you're going to really like. I yeah. think
10: all they're really asking for him now just gets to the trade deadline. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, You know, maybe he can help out after that in like a multi-ending relief role, sure. something like that. So uh,
0: makes a lot of sense. Yeah. All right, and the bullpen. How are we looking? What's the grade for the bullpen? I'm going B+. Plus, okay. Uh
10: because uh well Felix has been the best closer in baseball. Mm-hmm. Cano has been a revelation. Uh the the ball that the pitch that Solaire hit out to that part of the park. Unbelievable swing. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. was I that's one of the best swings an an opponent has taken against the Orioles this year. But anyway, um the middle relief has been as Stan says a little bit of a box of chocolates. Um you know, Baker on rest when he's working on multiple days rest is really good. But you can't really use him three and four. You can't mm-hmm. really use him five and seven. Uh, Bauman has been used a lot this year. In the past couple weeks, you, I think the All-Star break probably did him a lot of good. Yeah. But the past couple weeks, you could sort of see the velocity's is a touchdown. Mm-hmm. You're wondering how that looks in the second half. Uh, before he went on the IL, I thought Perez was really coming around, and hopefully in the second half, he's pitching for Bowie today, uh, hopefully he can provide uh, something for uh, the Orioles in the second half. Danny Kaloum has been a revelation. Actually, a buddy of mine uh, right before the season was surprised that uh, – I didn't know even know who he was, but my buddy's like, this guy's, this guy's going to help the Orioles, and I'm surprised that Minnesota – A, he didn't make Minnesota's roster, and B, that the, they sold him to yeah. the Orioles. And so he's been he's been excellent. He's had a couple bad outings, but I mean that's that's baseball. That's yeah. 162 game season. Uh and then yeah, and then after that it's you know guys filtering in and out, whatever. Sure. But um you know it's been disappointing. It seems like Tate's probably gonna be out for the year. Yeah. Um you've got nothing out of Gibbons. I Anyway, yeah. <laughs> nothing <laughs> out of Givens Uh and so yeah there have been a couple disappointments there, but um I I'd say B plus
1: Go ahead, Zach. I'm gonna go B. Uh, a little less happy with it. I I still don't trust Brian Baker. I mm-hmm. really don't, and he's come in, in a lot of high leverage situations. That's kind of the role he's been in all year. You might get a good outing from him here and there. You might get a bad outing from him here. and, and, and there. You, you for really-
10: me, yeah, it always seems like how much rest is he working? Right, on? And, and like he said- wor- yeah, if he's working on multiple days rest, he's really good. Exactly, he had great stuff yesterday. Right, uh, and uh, you know when he's you know been used a lot, you know you d- you don't get the same stuff, yep. and it's like. For me, with a reliever, if you can't go three and four, like right. what, like not not what are we doing? But you know, your value is less. If
1: they had a guy in place that was not Brian Baker or Michael Ballman that could pitch the seventh inning, or eighth inning, and I think that's know, that's, that's not after. Cano that yeah. like a Scott Barlow that Stan keeps mentioning. That wouldn't be a horrible move. They need that guy who's far more reliable than Ballman and Baker are going to be. And until then, I'm going to give it a B.
0: Yeah, and for me, it's a it's a B minus because. Okay. um, Cano has looked more hittable recently. Oh, undoubtedly, yeah. Um, but he's still really good. He's still mm-hmm. really good. He's still getting the job done. But he has looked more hittable. Felix Bautista and uh, has been the best closer in baseball all season. He is mm-hmm. absolutely ridiculous. And, yep. Uh, uh, you remember, and Danny Coulomb is in this uh, category too, where they've been so good mm-hmm. that you remember. Specifically, when they weren't, because yeah, it's so yep. so few and far between. Danny Coulomb, the, the 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 two bad ones, the home run to Kevin Pillar, the home run to Harrison Bader, right. Uh, and then you don't you can't remember where else he's been back because he's just been so good. Felix Bautista, it's the home run to Judge, the home run to Mike Ford, yeah. the All Star Game blip. You know what I mean? It's the game where he bounced one to, to let the tying run score against the Braves. And other than that, you don't really remember when uh, the home run to Duvall, right? And yep. that's that's it because they've just been so good, right. But then you look at CNL Perez. If he, the last five or six games that he pitched before he went on the IL, it, he looked like twenty twenty two. CNL Perez. If mm-hmm. he comes back and he's that guy, it, the, this bullpen is That'd be huge. So that'll much, really help him yeah. so much better. You got nothing out of Tate. You've got well, nothing out of Givens. Then you look at Brian Baker. You never know what, the, like you say, he's a no, box of chocolates. Right. You have no clue what you're getting out of Brian Baker. Right. One day he can he's going to strike out three guys on twelve pitches. Topping out at 98, 99 miles yeah. an hour, and then the next day he's going to walk three guys and give up a, a two-run single, and you feel the same way about Mike Bauman. So the Orioles—they really—and then Austin Both was supposed to be that guy, and he yeah. was so bad. Then he was okay. Then he was bad again, and then he's on. Now he's on the IL. Right. They need some help in the, in this bullpen. Grayson could provide that help. It could end up being John Means could provide that help. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I, I think that you're going to trade for a guy also. You know, Jordan Hicks or Scott Barlow or, or um, uh, Keenan Williams from the White Sox. They're going to add somebody to this bullpen because I think that's where right they down. know their biggest area of weaknesses. Yeah, I agree with that. There's so many moving parts, and you really only have three guys that you can really trust coming out of that bullpen. For me, it's a B-minus. That's simply because of how good those three guys have been. Fair. Yeah, and then uh, for the offense, Luke.
10: Ooh,
1: um, it's a tough one. Ooh, you go first. <laughs> I'll go A minus. Uh, again, similar to the starting rotation, I think you're getting a lot more out of this offense than really you should be. Mm-hmm. Guys like Adam Frazier, he's already hit his career high in home runs. Yep, he hit two last night. He drove the team to a win pretty much by himself last night for the most part besides the Cedric Mullins home run there are guys that are cropping up in every game it's a different guy every game it seems like Mm. that has the big hit every
0: game has a different Uh, star I was thinking the same
1: thing (laughs) (laughs) Orioles magic uh but there seems to be guys off the bench that provide a lot of depth a lot of value the lineup and the offense overall have a lot more production uh, and a lot more value than they have in previous years And they're coming from guys you might not even expect. James McCann might come off the bench and hit a home run. Ryan Maucastle now is going to platoon and hit home runs off the bench. Ryan McKenna hit a walk off home run to the opposite field. Perfect example. Ryan McKenna hit. So there's more depth across the entire lineup. And while there isn't, again, on paper a ton of huge names or talent, it's a lot of young guys. You know, Colton Cowser is going to produce. Jordan Westberg is going to produce. We've already seen other guys produce. This lineup is, I think, out of the three stages, uh, three you know parts of the team we just talked about, the most built for success and the most built to last because it is so young and there are a lot are a lot of guys that right now are are really hot and hitting well.
10: Look, yeah, I don't disagree with anything you just said. That sounds about right. Uh, a minus, I like that. I like that. They're getting standard issue seasons out yeah. of uh, Santander. Uh, they're getting a career year out of Hayes. I was going to say an uh, overproduction out of Hayes, for the uh, most they're part. They're getting a uh, standard-issue season out of Mullins, uh, and uh, we'll see how um, Rutschman's season evolves. It's hard to catch in Baltimore. just It's mm-hmm. so hot, um, and we'll see how many you know, full days off they give him and that yeah. sort of thing, um, and try to get his bat uh, to the finish line. But, um, yeah, I, I think that, that sounds about right we'll see how cows mixed in, mixes in throughout the second half uh we'll see uh, how westbrook mixes in uh in in the second half they've gotten more power than certainly i think they thought they were getting out of uh frazier yeah uh which is uh good uh don't forget mateo carried them in april yeah uh, you know, all right. don't, forget, don't forget that he was like i said um, it's,
1: a, it's a different guy at every turn really who's making yeah. a difference
10: yeah ryan o'hearn uh, has been a revelation. Uh, I did not have Ryan O'Hearn Exit Velocity Merchant on my bingo <laughs> card before the season, um, uh, but and he's he's really stepped up because they needed him to because Mountcastle Castle hasn't been very good. Yeah, um, and so to get his bat O'Hearn's bat going against right hand pitching has been big. Um, I'm I'm sure I'm, I'm Aaron Hicks, you know, yeah. carried uh, them at, for about a two week stretch at, at a time of need when when Mullins was out really helped them out. Uh, and so, yeah, it, it just seems like uh, they're getting a lot of contributions up and down the lineup. And right now they got 14 position players on the roster and they've got 14. Those, all 14 of those guys provide something exactly uh, that exactly. you would that you want to get in the lineup in, in some form or fashion. So um, that's all that's all good. And then hopefully uh, Gunnar Henderson in the second half, um, you know, it, it keeps on getting better. So,
0: yeah, that sounds about right. For me, it's a B. It's uh, I, I can't go A minus. I can't go B plus. Okay. It, it, it's a B because, I mean, Jorge Mateo became unplayable by the third week of May. Okay, and and he was playing every day still. Ryan Mountcastle, uh, th- the only reason he's still on this active roster right now is because how much Brandon Hyde loves him and his history and, and, and you know and what he did as a rookie and the the hard hit um ratios that he has. He hasn't done anything to to be able to remain on this roster. You're hoping it was just the vertigo and he can come back and finish the season strong. But I have to see it to believe it because it's been two years now. Um, And then I look at Adam Frazier comes through with a big hit. Um, You know, and and, and honestly, and Adam Frazier in his last 12 games, he went through a one for 19 stretch Mm -hmm. um, through the, the 23rd of June in a seven game stretch. And since then, He is, in the 12 games since then, he is slashing 361, 439, 722, 1161. He's got four home runs, a double, 12 RBIs, four walks, and just four strikeouts in that 12-game stretch. He's been really, really good for about two weeks now, um, which has been really nice. My problem with the the Orioles' offense is they started the year seeing more pitches than any team in baseball, Mm -hmm. getting on base at a really high clip, um, really productive with runners in scoring position, and they stopped doing that. For a good stretch. Too many guys got cold at the same time. Yeah. Ultimately, what they've what they've done since they brought Kalser and Westberg up has been really, really good. And I, I say B with an upward trajectory. I think okay. that they're going to get better. But they've been too inconsistent for me to be able to grade them any higher than that. Um, and then, as a team overall, what's the grade for the team? Ooh. 20 games over 500. Third best record in all of baseball. And they've been there all
10: year. A+. plus. Yeah, I mean they're yeah, 20 you- <laughs> games they're twenty
1: games over five hundred with like a seventy million dollar payroll. It's one of those sum of the parts situations. I was where, about to say that right. Like you're not going to get the strongest. Each part isn't necessarily an A plus, but as a sum, they're an A plus, well, and it's then the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Yeah. Okay, so sure, something like that. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I give obviously, to say. yeah, and then obviously Brandon Hyde factors into this as well. Where do you grade him? How does he? How does he grade out? And I look at that and I, I give Brandon Hyde, Brandon Hyde, excuse me, a pretty high grade because he's been frankly really good in in most situations and he's led them to 20 games over 500 and that's almost indisputable success. So you know while you can dispute a lot of situations he's put the Orioles in and, and lineups he's put out, he's made them. A good baseball team this year. So A plus for me for yeah, sure. Yeah,
0: and it's gotta be an A plus for me too. And and I will say that with Brandon Hyde, I told myself I was gonna come into the season with a more open mind because I was very critical of oh, Brandon yeah. Hyde you last year. And I I thought that he that he was the reason they lost a lot of games down the stretch last year. I will say that he that he has kept his this clubhouse together. They've gelled really nicely, they play hard for him. He's got I love his tenacity and his mentality when he's when he's in the dugout. Uh, and how he has it, the pulse of the locker room, yeah. and I have not seen. I can probably count on one hand with fingers left over how many times I've thought he's been the direct cause for a loss, yeah. which was not the case last year. I think he's. I'm not going to grade him, but I think he's been a lot better than I gave him credit for last year. Sure. Um. And so if the Orioles, if you if you're not grading him on as an A plus, I don't know what you're watching because it's a team that was that's two years removed from 110 lost season. Last year, they were four games over 500 and needed a 10 game winning streak in the middle of the season to get there. Uh, and, and this year they've been one of the best teams in baseball from, uh, from the outset. So go, yeah. yeah, it's been, um, it's been really nice to see how, how good this team has been, how, and how quickly, uh, biggest surprise for you guys. I'm going to go first with this one for me. It's Adam Frazier. I've, Adam Frazier got a lot of disdain for me, and it wasn't because I don't like the player. It's because I didn't think that he was a necessary signing, but you can't okay. doubt the, the the how clutch he's been in big situations, the 12 home runs, the 40, what, 45 RBIs at, at this point in the season. He's been more productive than he's ever been in his career from a home run and RBI standpoint. Uh, and Anthony Santander, never been a big OP, OBP guy You know, he hit 240 each of the last two years with about a 300 to 315 on base percentage. This year, he's hitting around 270. He's having a career year in every facet of the game. It seems like he set a career high for exit velocity five games in a row now. Um, He's just hitting the ball hard. He's playing really good defense. Uh, Him and Adam Frazier have been my two biggest surprises, along with Yenny Irkano and Felix Bautista. forming the most lethal back-end duo in baseball.
1: I was going to say, it's hard to leave Cano out of this. I mean, he is the the single biggest surprise for me because you're taking a guy with an 18.5 ERA in Major League Baseball last year and very limited success in Major League Baseball prior to that, and he's now a top three reliever in baseball. And that's just almost unheard of. And frankly, the Orioles wouldn't be where they are right now if it wasn't for him. So he's my biggest surprise.
10: Yeah, I'll I'll go on the same track as you and say, Kaloum. Because, like okay. I said, I didn't even know who he was before the season. And, you know, when I first saw him pitch, I was like, eh, the fastball's a little late. I don't know if this is going to work. And, uh, but the breaking ball, his breaking ball has been one of the best pitches on the team. No doubt. Throughout, throughout the season. Um, and, you know, w- with Perez backing up a little bit, you know, Colum's emergence has really helped this bullpen and like I said, I didn't even know who he was before the season, so I'm going with
1: David. I, I didn't either. It's amazing yeah, how effective that. he's been. And like Luke said, soft tossers generally don't do great in the AL East, and he's frankly been really good.
0: Yeah, when I saw them, them pick him up at the end of spring training, I went and looked up his numbers, and he was a guy who looked like he'd had success at the big league level but just hadn't been able to stay on the field. Right. I thought that health might be the biggest concern for him, and he's been able to stay on the field and be one of the best relievers in baseball, at least in the American League um, this season, to, to the point. To this point, and before we catch our, our third break here, biggest letdown for me, Jorge Mateo, because he had a decent spring, he had an incredible April, and then became the worst hitter in baseball. And never regained that form, and then Dylan Tate and Michael Gibbons. You've gotten they were supposed to be yeah. two main cogs in your bullpen. You've gotten literally you've gotten less than nothing out of either right. one of them.
1: Yeah, I, I got to go with Michael Gibbons. You know, I I really talked up that signing before the season because I, I looked at. The numbers he put up in the past three or four years, and he's been really consistent and really solid. And he's not a top-ten reliever in baseball by any means, but he was putting up respectable numbers. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's a guy that can give you veteran experience. That's a guy that can give you a really reliable 7th or 8th inning. And, frankly, he's been just not even on the field. So it's, it's impossible to almost even grade Michael given season because he's pitched, what, twice, three times? And now he's I'm probably going to be shut down for the whole year if he hasn't been already. So biggest letdown for me is Gibbons I'll say just the fifth starter
10: combination of Grayson and Cole Irvin yeah I think they've combined for like a six ERA in yeah. that spot yeah you know that you know that's got to be better in the second half obviously uh and I'm sure that they're looking for ways to upgrade at at the deadline so I just no, no. Th- think that that turn in the rotation has not been has been a disappointment for me
0: and that's a nice uh, preview of what we're going to talk about when we come back from the break, what the Orioles are going to do with the deadline, what the schedule looks like, and who some of those trade targets could be. Uh, but we do have to catch our third and final break. Uh, when we come back in, more with Luke Jackson on the battle
9: round
6: Catch that festival feeling in Charm City. Everywhere you go, you'll find exciting entertainment, delicious eats, and endless summertime fun. Cheer on the O's at Camden Yards, pick crabs by the waterfront, beat the heat inside a world-class museum, and make memories that will last a lifetime. Go to Baltimore.org for more information and to plan your visit.
7: Maryland drivers, did you know you can save up to 77% on tolls with an EasyPass Maryland discount plan? That's right, 77%. It's never been easy. Easier. Pick the plan that's right for you at driveezmd.com. We'll keep you
4: moving. The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's
5: Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. It starts on the 14th with our big hitter bobblehead, Connor Norby for the first 750 fans. Saturday sees our special circus night with post-game fireworks. And Sunday features the Kobe Mayo Squish Pillow with special ticket package. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at baysox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox. Let us be your nine-inning vacation.
4: Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. That first sip. That first
7: bite. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world at royal farms breakfast is available day and night it's the freshest breakfast in the world real fresh real fast royal farms it's a maryland thing.
9: latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Dave Ginsberg remembers Goose as he looks back on the impact that late Tony Saragusa had both on and off the field here in Baltimore. Plus, he explains how Goose's kids are working to continue that legacy with the Goose Flights program. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles the path Tyler Wells has taken to becoming a star in the Orioles' rotation, and you'll find a special summer travel guide with information about events and activities throughout the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, Including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com.
8: Your summer destination is closer than you think at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. With an expansive gaming floor and incredible dining options ready for you to explore, your adventure awaits. Dine at the new Koho Korean Barbecue House coming in July or on the patio at the Prime Rib. Enjoy the summertime breeze at Orchid Smoking Patio. Limited-time packages starting at $229. What are you waiting for? Book now. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 800 GAMBLER.
0: Alright, welcome back into the bat. Around Rolling right along here in hour number two. Second hour of the show is brought to you today by the latest edition of Pressbox, which is available now. On the cover, Dave Ginsberg remembers Goose as he looks back on the impact the late Tony Saragusa had both on and off the field in Baltimore. Plus, he explains how Goose's kids are working to continue that legacy with the Goose Flights program. Also, inside, Ty Karpovich profiles the path Tyler Wells has taken to becoming a star in the Orioles rotation, and you'll find the special summer travel guide with information about events and activities throughout the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Back at it here with Luke Jackson of Pressbox Fame in the studio today.
1: Pressbox Fame.
0: Pressbox mm. Fame. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a, he's that's a, a first. That, he's that's the, the first time he's, anybody's he's, ever
10: said that. He's famous. He Stan used
1: to get so mad at Paul when he would call him the uh, the Graham gr- Poobah. Well, Poobot. I didn't
0: realize that was an insult, and I looked it up. <laughs> Graham Poobah, and it was like a joke. Oh. Um Yeah. So I didn't realize what I was saying when I when I called Good times. him that. Um, so now we're, we're moving on to what the Orioles can look for in the second half. And they just began a stretch here in July. Really, the, the stretch began before the break because they played the first-place Reds, followed by the first-place Twins, followed by, this, by the third-place but on their heels Yankees, followed by the first-place Twins again, and we're now with the second-place Twins. Uh, now they're back to the second-place Marlins, who have the fourth-best record in baseball. It's Marlins, Dodgers, Rays. Phillies, Yankees, and Blue Jays to, can- to close out the month of July. We talked about the gauntlet in May. This is If that was the gauntlet, I don't even want to know what this is. Um, and the Orioles, they've, they've got to be able to keep pace here, especially mm-hmm. with the trade deadline looming. First and foremost, um, how are we looking at the—and uh, I'll start with you, Luke. How are we looking at the Orioles? How, are, how do you foresee them faring against this tough stretch of schedule to finish out the month? We've seen time and time again that they can hang with any team in baseball.
10: Yeah. Yeah. I expect them to do pretty well, you know, because that's what they've done all year. And, you know, it's funny. Uh, you know, we look at the, the schedule being like, oh, this is a tough stretch. And other teams are probably looking at the Orioles like, oh, we got to go to Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, I expect them uh, to do uh, pretty well for themselves. and but. You know, Like I said, it's throughout the second half, it's it's a tougher schedule than it was in the first half. They had, I think, two series against the Royals in the first half. They had two series against the Tigers, mm-hmm. then a series against the Athletics. And they did exactly what you wanted them to do. They beat up on those teams, and that's uh, exactly what you need. Uh, but uh, you know, in the second half, they do get like the Rockies at home. They don't have to go to Denver uh, and play in, in the uh, elevation there. Um, they do get an A series. they got to go to Oakland. That could be a little tricky. Uh, but it, it, generally it's a, a tougher schedule in the second half, but yeah. I expect they'll do well i mean they've you know I have no reason to think that this group will will you know melt you know, yeah. so
1: I have nothing really to add to that I mean that's a a really good description of it they're gonna face some tough teams they're gonna face some teams that are not so tough, but at the end of the day um they really need to keep the foot on the gas and especially as you just mentioned against teams like the A's where you really have a chance to take the whole series you've got to play hard in every game and not just sit down and say we can beat this team you've got to play hard and just keep the foot on the gas throughout the you know every every game you play no matter whether it's a the Yankees or the A's it, you've got to win every game you can uh,
0: I, I look back to last year right and there was a series against the Pittsburgh Pirates um, and the final game marked game 108. Mm-hmm. And it started the last third of the season for the Orioles, and they lost a the game against the Pirates, where I thought they should have won the game, and they had Rufnet Odor starting at third base and a mental error that he made uh, allowed four runs to come into score. Oh, yeah. the, the Orioles were yeah. did not put up a fight in that game; they lost that game eight to one. The only run a Jorge Mateo home run. I was at that game; it sucked, and um, it kind of set the the stage for the rest of the season because the Blue Jays were the were, were the team that the Orioles were kind of chasing. Um, in the wild card there, and the Blue Jays had were wrapping up a sweep against the Athletics in that same weekend. The Orioles did not sweep the Pirates, and right. then we saw what happened the rest of the year where the Orioles kind of fell out of the race towards the end of the season. I look at this team very differently this year. I look at this team the way I looked at the 2014 Orioles, where they were really good in the first half of the season, but then when the second half started and the rubber met the road – they dominated and they were the, they were maybe yeah. the best team in baseball the second half of the season where every game you knew they were going to win that game yeah and, i i, I yeah
10: you know, i was i was thinking about that the other day actually like once they got into a rhythm like from like june to through really september it was the it was just like surgical and mm-hmm. how that team won games because remember the first you know, eight or so weeks, they were like a 500 club. Mm-hmm. And then after that, like I said, it became surgical where the starter would go six or seven. They would yeah. lock down yeah. bullpen. They would hit two or three home runs. And they would win five to two. Yeah. And, and that was like every game.
0: And I remember watching them play the St. The Louis Cardinals came to town. And it was the, that same series where they celebrated 60 years of yep. Orioles baseball. And I remember thinking oh this is a big series and the this is this is going to prove where the Orioles stand amongst the the elites in baseball and they wipe the floor yeah. with the Cardinals and that, that 60th anniversary celebration game they won that game like 10 to 2 right, right. they blew them out of the water and I was like this team is really good and that's what I look at the Orioles this team because they lost six of seven a, a couple of weeks ago they lost six of seven and I thought to myself if they can find a way to win the last two games against the Yankees and then go in and sweep the Twins, right. get that five-game winning mm-hmm. streak going into the break, it's going to bode really well for them. It's going to give them the confidence, and they're going to get that break, that week to reset. Right? right, and that's exactly what they did. And then they came out last night, and you never really thought last night that the Marlins were going to come back and win that that ball game. There was not a part, no. uh, there was not a point in that game where I thought the Marlins were going to win. And that's just kind of how I feel about this team. Moving forward, every day I expect them to win, and I think that they're going to win more often than not. Now, Fangraphs yeah. picked them to win, I think, 35 games in the second half and have a negative run differential. Yeah. I don't think that's happening. I think this team is going to approach 100 wins this year. I Ooh. think. I, I think. But, but by, by, well, I mean, it's only 46 wins the second half. I, you know, out of it's like what, like 46 and 16 the second half. It's not out of the realm of possibility.
1: It's not out of the realm. I I just think that the Orioles have performed better than I expected. So. I'm not sure that they're not at that dominant max level that they can get to already. Well, but that's also assuming... I just don't know how much better they're going to get.
0: Uh, it's, it's assuming that they're going to add, right? That, yeah. th- that they're going... I don't I don't think, know if you can assume that, though. I, I, I cannot imagine Mike Elias running a team that's this good that is clearly a piece or two away from being a legitimate World Series contender and him not doing something. Yeah, I, 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 I can't I imagine can,
10: that. I, so, you would look at it... Two ways. Number one, I think they've got to do something. Mm-hmm. I, sure, I don't think there's any doubt about that. But you know, in terms of doing something big, you can look at it two ways. Number one, they've meticulously built this, and you don't want to do anything rash sure. to uh, short circuit what you have going on and, and try to in going so to speak all in on this year. On the other hand, you know the Yankees are so so, the Red Sox are so so. I don't know how many years that's going to be the case where you have both of those things. Yeah. So, uh, so this might be. One of your best chances to win a World Series. Mm-hmm. So if you're Mike Elias, so you know, GMs are judged on their work as buyers for mm-hmm. me, and mm-hmm. the and this is where the rubber meets the road for him and trying to figure out uh, all this stuff because look, it's easy to sell high on Jorge Lopez when he's having a career year and get some stuff back for him. Um, yeah, you know, this is this is the harder part mm-hmm. is figuring out what am I buying, how deep am I going into this. How much of my farm system am I willing to deal with? Sure. That's the hard part. That's where you judge DMs. For me, you judge them as buyers.
1: It's made easier now, Michael Eyes, too, that the lineup has been so productive, and there's more on the way. Heston Kerstad, he can call up whenever he wants. Colton Couser's here, and he hasn't really played. We don't really know what we're going to get out of Colton Couser yet here. And then you look at starting rotation, probably needs a, an arm. The mm-hmm. bullpen probably needs an arm. You kind of have chances to pick and choose there jordan montgomery makes a lot of sense i you know, i see some of the guys in your notes and Kenyon milton makes a lot of sense there's guys that are going to be available but the problem i look at it as is that there are going to be 15 other teams 16 20 yep. who knows that are going to want the same guys yep and that's what's going to make it really hard so i'm not doubting that the orioles are going to try to get guys and i'm not doubting that michael is going to try to buy i'm doubting the orioles are going to actually be able to buy
0: yeah, I, and that's where I come back to the pieces that he's gotten. I mean, he got Kyle Bradish and what we thought was a big league reliever in uh, what was it, Ryan Madison, um, Isaac Madison. Isaac Madison. Uh, yeah. I, Ryan Madison? Ryan Madison. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. I, 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 Isaac Madison. <laughs> Isaac uh, Madison, Yeah. He got those guys for you know very Dil- for, for Dylan Bundy. Right. You know, he was able to go and get. Um... At the time, we thought that it was a big time deal that he was able to to get rid of Alex Cobb for. Uh, I can't remember the guys. Jemai, name. Jones. Jemai Jones, right? And he, he was able to trade uh, Iglesias. The, the 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 fact of the matter is, he's been able to pull a rabbit out of the hat with some of these moves that he's made. I mean, he got Yennie Cano and K. Povich for um, uh, Jorge Lopez, and it was it was blasted at the time, and now it looks yeah. like one of the best, one of the biggest fleecings in the last few years no in baseball. I think that he's going to have to go out and, and add to this team. And I expect that he will. It's the question is who's he going to be willing to give up? And are the players that he's giving up are they worth, Are they more valuable to the Orioles as players here or as trade chips? Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, that's what he's got to glean from these right. players. Is Westberg a guy who you think is part of your your future that you want to help mm-hmm. build? You want to uh, have him be a piece you build around? Is Connor Norby one of those guys? Is right. Kobe Mayo one of those guys? Who are you willing to give up because you're not getting something for nothing? Right, so it, the, yeah. and that's what it, what it really comes down no to. With, with that in mind, we can all agree that they probably need a, uh, at least relief help, and that might be the, the most obvious move that mm-hmm. they're going to do. I yeah. have four guys that I have listed here. Scott Barlow from the Royals, mm-hmm. Keenan Middleton from the White Sox. Actually, I have five guys. Kyle Finnegan or Hunter Harvey from mm-hmm. the Nationals, and Jordan Hicks from the Cardinals. Who is the most likely of these guys that you think the Royals are going to pick up?
10: I have a few national. F- friends who are nationals fans and i told them that they should deal hunter harvey before he gets hurt again mm-hmm. so and i mean he's been electric for them this year kyle finnegan is an interesting name i've seen him a lot uh probably the yeah. guy on that list i've seen the most um you know he's been a reliable right-handed reliever for a long time sure you know he'd probably be a nice ad uh but yeah i mean I'm, it seems like all those guys that you mentioned you know would help yeah you know? and, uh, but i i will say that you can the other thing about the trade deadline that's weird is that look, you're only have them. You're only guaranteed to have them for two months, and as we know, variance swamps everything. And so you could make a sound move, uh, your process could be good, you pick up a really good player, and then he just sucks for two months for whatever reason. Right. And so, and that's the frustrating part of the deadline. Yeah. So you can do everything right, and it still doesn't work know, out. Right? So, you know, we'll see.
1: Gerardo Parra. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Gerardo Parra. <laughs> I uh, I'm I'm gonna go with Jordan Hicks. I I think I like here the most, and probably looking at the Cardinals as sellers, I I can't.
0: They already came out and said that they're gonna be sellers. At yeah. I line.
1: mean, they can say that, but I I don't I don't know if I I don't. GM seems pretty.
0: It seems like he's gonna you know do
10: I, some do some deals here.
1: I I think the writing's on the wall for them. I I, I would think they're gonna deal, and Jordan Hicks makes a lot of sense. Yeah. He yeah. really does. He's electric generally been a laid-in guy in his career, makes a lot of sense for me. Yeah. So uh, Middleton's another guy that that I, I've seen a lot and I like a lot. Uh, Kyle Finnegan, more of your veteran type of guy. I that, love Kyle Finnegan. Yeah, yeah, Kyle Finnegan's been really good. Hunter Harvey, no interest. I yeah. have absolutely zero interest in. He's going to get injured again. I, I just don't have any interest he there. He's been really good this year. Yeah. And then uh, Mitch – or er, sorry, not Mitch Keller, but um, – He'd Scott be, Barlow.
10: I, I would like Mitch Keller. Well, that'd, well, be, that'd be a nice I, I was get. looking at his, his yeah. starter
1: list, but Scott Barlow. I haven't seen a ton of this year. I, I've seen the numbers, but I really don't know how good Scott Barlow's been.
0: Yeah, his ERA is above four. Mm-hmm. Um, he's about that uh, as a reliever, which is why I, I get that he's got good stuff and he's intriguing on a on a good team. Uh, he's probably at the bottom of my list. I, I want to see guys who yeah, have a better track Yeah, he, he's
10: got really good stuff. But like when you see Barlow's outings, like sometimes he's just like getting his work in when they're mm-hmm. down like by seven runs, and it's like he gives up a home run. And you're like, uh, like I, I don't know. It's like it's it's to me that's probably a tough evaluation. If you're like a pro scout yeah. going out to see him, he comes in. He's got really good stuff. They're down by seven. Gives up on... I don't know.
1: I mean, Jordan yeah. Hicks is striking out almost 14 guys per nine. Yeah. That's the guy for that, me. I, okay. That's
0: the guy. It's just, I feel like there's a lot of teams are looking at him and saying, that's the guy. Yeah. Right. Um, And that's when you go to the starting rotation now. Um, and I don't know that the Orioles are going to be in the in the mix for a, a starting pitcher. I think they should be. I don't know if they're going to be willing to give up uh, yeah. what it's going to take to get some of the guys I have on this list. Like Marcus Stroman. Is, I, I wanted him to sign with the Orioles two years ago okay. when he was a free agent. I said, you know, give him $25 million a year and build around him mm-hmm. in your rotation. Um, I love him. I think he could be available at the right price. It just might okay. be too steep. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez from the Tigers has been really good this year. Just came mm-hmm. back off the aisle, had a solid start last night. Jordan Montgomery, another guy available from the Cardinals who was not great with the Yankees. He's been stupendous with St. Mm-hmm. Louis since getting traded there at the deadline last year. Yeah. And then Mitch Keller from the Pirates, I think, could be available. Uh, a little bit older of okay. a guy who's finally realizing his potential this year. Uh, again, I don't know if the Orioles are going to be major players for the, for a starting pitcher because they're going to have to give up something they probably don't want to give up. Right, right. Uh, Montgomery
10: is a, would be a, an intriguing fit at Camden Yards uh, with the dimensions. No doubt. Um, Strowman the thing with Strowman and Rodriguez is that they have opt-outs at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I would imagine that they'll exercise those. Um, and with Rodriguez, he like kind of went AWOL last mm-hmm. year. He quit on the Tigers for yeah. like three months, right? And so I, I don't know if there's any reason to think that that'll happen again. Yeah. Obviously, if you trade for him, you, want to, <laughs> you don't want that to happen again. Sure, um, ideally. So and so with both of those guys, you're really dealing for two months. Would you be interested in extending them? You know, or is it something like it's part of a deal you could, like, tack on a year or two to their deal? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is there. Um, But all those guys you mentioned are good pitchers, and all of those guys seem like they would – uh, be good additions.
0: And and with Eduardo Rodriguez and Marcus Storm, because they have the opt outs, it might make the price tag in the Orioles ballpark. Right. Be, be, because of that. Because the. They aren't going to be able to ask for a King's ransom for these guys who are clearly going to opt out. Everybody opts out. You know, it's very rare that you see a player opt in. Oh, I
10: think Max is going to opt into that 43 next year. Well, yeah. I think it, I, it, I hope I so. think,
0: Oh, I'll, I'll opt into that. Those are the situations <laughs> where that where that's what happens. You know, Trey Mancini, if, if the Orioles hadn't traded him, probably would have opted into yeah. to his contract for this year. You know, it's, it's one of those things where the players opt in and the players are like, if I don't opt in, I'm not getting anything close to this right. next year. It, so the opt out. I think you can expect it for Stroman and Rodriguez, and I think mm-hmm. it's going to lower their yeah. price tag maybe right into the Orioles' wheelhouse if they want to go that route.
1: Zach? Right. That's basically what I was going to say. I I really don't think they're getting Keller. I, yeah, I, I, I I'm i going to say no on that one.
10: I, do you think the Pirates even dangle him? No, I, think, I, 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 think I don't, they don't think sign so. Him, right?
1: I think they're going to be decent next year. I think the Pirates are going to make a run at that division. I, I think
10: they see, you know, as soon as this time next year, the top of their rotation being right. Skeens and...
1: Yeah, very well I, I could would, be. I would think. Very well could yeah. be. So I, I think Eduardo Rodriguez is the guy here that they could actually get. I think that's very possible. Jordan Montgomery, maybe he fits pretty well. Marcus Stroman, I just don't see it. I yeah. really don't see it. Even though I'd love it. I love the guy. Yeah, I think he but would be
0: such... A, he a, would be, I, 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 He would slide right in with this clubhouse. swagger the, that he's got, As man. soon as
1: the Cubs dangle him... 20 teams will be calling yeah, for him, so I, I just can't see him, him uh, as an Oriole. They'd really have to bid high for him. And Here's, the only the okay. only
0: reason that I bring up Mitch Keller in all of this is because I heard his name linked to the mm-hmm. Orioles a few weeks back. I'd love and that. That would be not, that. And so I was like, all right, if if people are linking him to the Orioles, that's fine. I'm going to put him in my list, but I don't think it's going to happen either.
10: Yeah, and he's got club control. I just. Um yeah, I, he's just I think, too good. I, I, <laughs> frankly, I, yeah, I I don't like the Pirates have worked so hard with him mm-hmm. to get him to this point. Yeah, like they've given him chance after chance after chance with his stuff, and then finally it pops. Are you going to trade him now? I don't see that happening. No, I don't either. <laughs> yeah,
0: but it would be the one guy on that list where the Orioles might be willing to give yeah. up more, right. Because of the team control and because of how, just how and, good he is And been uh, Because of the wild
10: card situation, got so many teams in it, and you have very few defined sellers at this point. We might not really get. A lot of uh, buyer sell decisions until 48, 72 hours before the deadline. So, sure, and, and where teams are saying, like, okay, the, you know, we're motivated to sell uh, and that sort of thing. So, I mean, I'm sure the prices uh, from defined sellers right now are crazy. Yeah. Like on Water Rodriguez is probably crazy. We're going to find out. We're, we're definitely so, going to find and, out. And it, sometimes it takes a long time for sellers to actually show their hand right. about what they're motivated to do. You know, what the salary they're motivated to move and yeah. that sort of thing. So yeah. we'll Lu-
1: see.
0: Luke channeling his inner Sheryl Crow, it takes a little time sometimes.
1: It takes a little time sometimes. <laughs> I saw Cheryl Crow in Nashville. That was an really?
0: inter- interesting experience. Was she opening for Bruce We're, Springsteen? She was not. Was Courtney Cox it was, in the crowd?
1: <laughs> Courtney Cox was in the crowd. Yes, of course. Where was it? Um, it was at the Nissan, not the Nissan Stadium. Wh- which one's the one? Bridgestone Center. That's what it was. Oh, the hockey arena. Hockey okay. arena, yes. All yes.
10: right. I've been to the uh, Grand Ole Opry at. In okay. Nashville. I didn't. Yeah. I did not go when I was down I there. I forget
0: though. who was the the headliner that day? I forget who the headliner. It was fun. Hmm. Nice. Um, and then finally, and I don't think the Orioles are going to go after a bat. I thought up until a couple of weeks ago that they would, but I think that they like what they have internally right now. Mm-hmm. They, they, I think that they think they have more on the way. Yeah, right. I don't see it. I agree. But but if they did, I listed out Paul Goldschmidt because uh, he Ooh. he's going to be on the table. I list out Brent Brent Rooker from the A's, Cody Bellinger. From the Cubs, wouldn't touch that. <laughs> and I mean, dude, he's having a hell of a year. I know, he's but I, I still wouldn't touch it with that, short, with, with that short porch and right field man. You telling me? Uh, and then Charlie Blackman, he's due back any any uh, any week now for the Rockies, and I think that if he has a nice couple of weeks before the trade deadline, that he could he could uh, be on the move also. Mm. Any interest in? it? I mean, obviously everybody has interest in Paul Goldschmidt, right? Yeah. Any interest? Reasonable, realistic interest in any of these guys?
10: Well, I would say Brent Rooker, but. Oakland is inevitably going to trade him to Atlanta for some magic beans. Yeah. So, <laughs>
0: yeah. and then he'll sign a ten-year contract a ten-year, and hit thirty yeah, home runs. Right,
10: one percent to the Braves um, Foundation. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> hmm, say those again.
0: Paul Goldschmidt, Brent Rooker.
10: Yeah,
1: he'd Cody, be good. Cody. Paul, do you, do you Cody remember Cody Bellinger, Charlie Blackman? Do you remember the comparison you made like a year ago when we were talking about the trade deadline? You were like, "Well, fifteen-year-old Paul Valley had interest in J.Lo, but <laughs> all oh. it was, <laughs> <laughs> all yeah. it was, is just interest." That's what the Orioles are going to have in, in Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah. Um,
10: Bellinger would be a, a very good fit for a lot of teams, uh, like most contenders. The Yankees, because, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Dodgers again could take him back. He's having a really good season. He crushes right-handed pitching. He could play center. He could play left. He can probably, yeah. I'm sure he could play right or left. He can play first base. But yeah, I just think that he's. I, I think his price uh, is going to be pretty high because there's going to be a lot of interested contenders in him. You,
0: you look at the fact that they gave him an 18 million dollar contract. So he's probably got what uh, eight left. Eight million left yeah. on that contract. So you got you totally gotta, You got to fork over the do- the dough for that. Nah, You're gonna have to low. give up something, but he's not re-signing with, with the Cubs unless they yeah. offer him something ridiculous because he came back and it was a make-good contract. And even though he got hurt for a little bit, he's yeah. made good he's on, right. on that good. contract. I can see the Yankees dealing for him, but, man, wouldn't yeah. it be awesome if the Orioles just swooped in and took him? And now you have a guy that can play first base, he can play the outfield, he can DH, he can he can hit – he could hit 15 home runs the last two months of the season. Oh, he'd be a, I,
10: of those guys that you mentioned – who are you know, among those who are likely to move, I think that he would be the most seamless fit. But yeah. again, Ugh. I think there are like 15 teams that...
1: After the last won- few years he's had, I don't know if I could take it. But, but then you, I, you I look at what
0: uh, Austin Hayes looked like at, before the Home Run Derby. He looked baked out of his skull. I think he, 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 and, uh, he and Cody <laughs> Bellins a yeah, good time together after that. Um, I'm not saying that Austin Hayes was baked out of his skull. He, there was a picture where he just <laughs> looked like he was. I'm sure he's Legal a in Maryland now, so. straight-edge guy. Um, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting deadline. I think the Orioles have a, at least one, maybe two moves uh, under their belts here. And you know, let's let's buckle up as Buck used to, as we used to say when Buck was here, and get ready for a you nice. Know who's run not here. buckling
10: up? The Mets.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ha ha. See. Man, that sucks. Buck Buck's <laughs> going to lose his job. He is going to
1: lose his and, job. And and so I, is I, Billy Epler. Oh well, yeah,
0: I, I
10: think Bill. I think they're going to hire David Stearns, and David Stearns is going to hire his own guy. Yeah. Yeah, and and I, I can see that. I, I, can, I can. Either after you, this year or after next.
0: I. I I think that it once Buck gets let go, I don't think he's going to manage again. I think that, that probably it for him. I think that that's probably it. it for him. With and, and,
10: the and way Baltimore ended and the way that the Mets situation looks like yeah. it's going to end, yeah,
0: yeah, and Definitely. that's that's unfortunate. I, I I love Buck, and it's a shame because I don't know that he's ever going to win a World Series. Then, mm-hmm. you know which stinks because he's a really good manager. All right, now it's time for take to rake. Uh, Going into take to rake today, I don't know the standings. We figured it out at the end of last year, but I know that I'm a little bit behind, although I do believe I won You were You're only
1: one game behind me now, I think, or one, I don't know if we're going to use games or shows or whatever. (laughs) One victory behind you. One victory behind me.
0: So last week, Zach took Ryan O'Hearn. I took Austin Hayes. Okay. Only three games. Austin Hayes went four for 12 with a double, a home run, two RBIs, a walk, four strikeouts, slash 333, 385, 667, 1051. Uh, 429 batting average on balls in play, which is interesting because Ryan O'Hearn went three for eight with a double, um, no RBIs, no home runs, one walk, one strikeout, slash 375, 444, 500, 9-44, with a four twenty nine batting average on balls wow. in play. Um, I They both had a really good three days. Yeah. Um, Ryan O'Hearn was Ryan O'Hearn was uh, on the short end of the stick until he had a nice three at-bats last night. Right, Or right. three played appearances. I'm going to leave this up to Luke. Luke, who, who wins for take the rake, or is it the ever-coveted tie between Austin Hayes and Ryan O'Hearn for the last three games? I'm going to say
1: tie. I, I was going to say, I think that's the most fair, given there was a four-at-bat discrepancy there. I mean, yeah. I think that's the yeah. the hard... It, it's very tough with only three games. Very yeah, tough I, with only I three didn't
10: games. See, yeah, I didn't I don't see any of those guys really, you know. Yeah, yeah.
0: neither one of them. And both had over a 940 OPS. Sure. Both got on base at a 375 or better clip. Yeah. Uh, you, you can't really say... They both oh, raked. They both raked for three days.
10: Hopefully, we take three guys... All three of us take a guy, and they all rake, and we yeah. tie. And yeah, the next, that'd be good.
0: <laughs> so, well, because you were not a stranger to the show, you don't get the guest picks first okay. privilege. We that we usually reserve that for first-time guests or infrequent guests. Um, because I won last week, um, I I do I get to pick first?
1: Up to you, man. You're a show. I, I
0: believe that if, that when we have a tie, the person that won the week That's before fine. maintains uh, the first pick. Yeah. So. I'm taking Cedric Mullins. Okay. I I wanted to take him last week and the week before. I thought that he was going to break out. He has. Now, of course, because I took him, he's going to go one for 23 this week. But I'm taking Cedric Mullins. Luke?
10: I was going to take Mullins, too. I I thought that the All-Star break. He needed the All-Star break. Yeah. Uh, And he came out with a vengeance yesterday. Who am I taking? So I can't take Mullins, right? That's okay. Um,
1: uh, Okay. how about Westbrook gets it going? Okay, Westbrook. I'm going to go Gunnar Henderson okay. this week.
0: All right. So Hit that ball
1: really hard in the first inning last night in his first at-bat. Hit that ball. Probably. What was DV on that? 110. I mean, he smoked that thing. Yeah. So I, I, I would like to think that Gunnar Henderson is going to have a good week. All right. Zach always our a good time with dead air <laughs> while Paul types well, you there. know what the funny thing is <laughs> you know I you know, should t- I should start typing these in that would make a lot more sense y- given yeah. that I'm a, I'm the computer guy over here with four computers yeah. around me
0: you know what the funny thing is is that usually I try to fill the dead air but I've, I've heard <laughs> from a lot of people um, in the industry and not in the industry that when there's dead dead air in a conversation or in the radio world that uh, people have said you don't need to fill the dead air if it's just a few seconds. Sure. And I thought about it earlier today because I was filling dead air when I didn't need to. Mm. And I was like, "All right, I'm not going to fill. It. I'm just going to type this really quickly." And then Zach makes a comment about the dead air, and I was like, <laughs> "The problem
10: is when you're behind the mic, Two
0: seconds of dead air yeah. seems like a full minute. Feels like it a does. way it,
1: longer it, time. It, Absolutely. It,
0: exactly. So actually I think that's a good idea that Zach, you start typing these. I'll, out I'll start typing them out from now and then you can just send them to me sure. so I can put them in the yeah. notes for next week. Uh, so what are we gonna do here for final thoughts? We gotta get rolling around we, uh, rolling around, rolling along here. Don't have time for the better round today. That will make its triumphant return next week. I'll let Luke as a guest your final thoughts for the show.
10: Ooh, final thoughts. I didn't know I didn't know this was coming. You go I, first. I have a final
1: thought. Uh point break. ah yes i I got up at 7 a.m this morning i'm gonna make this real short and sweet i gotta drive to new jersey in a few minutes here but point break 6.7 out of 10 okay six point seven. a lot lot better than i thought you know it was it was actually not that bad i i somewhat enjoyed it the ending was kind of stupid kind of hated the ending i'm not gonna spoil it but if you haven't seen it in like 30 some years that it's been out you're probably not gonna see it at this point Uh, not something i'd i'd ever watch again but 6.7 out of ten.
0: it's 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 a fun movie and there's nothing wrong with the with, Miss You by a Week <laughs> you know, in Baja. I
1: wanted Gary Busey to be more Gary Busey, like he was too serious for me in that movie. Yeah, that was before he lost his mind. No, fully. okay, um, got it. Yeah. No, but
0: but what do you mean that the ending wasn't wasn't good for you? I don't him? know.
1: It's just like you, uh, throws the bat. Yeah, you, sorry guys. I can't actually. I can't say that. I'm sorry. You,
0: uh, you you let him get away. We'll we'll get him when he comes back in. <laughs> it's he's Shocking not, how
1: many lines he, of this movie you know.
0: <laughs> he's not coming back. Come on, <laughs> He's not man. coming He's back. Not coming back. The coldest in. line in the history of movies. Right? <laughs> the opposite of Arnold Schwar- I'll be back. He's not coming 6. back. Six point seven. Uh, it's a it's a twelve out of ten for me. Wow. All right, Luke. Uh your final thought.
10: Have you guys been into this Immaculate Grid? Yeah, I play it every
1: day. Yeah, I play it every day. I, I am amazed how bad I am at it. I'm horrible. You know, today today's um was the Royals and the Guardians, and I can still cannot think of a Royal and Guardian. I'm gonna work oh, on that.
10: I, so I was mad at myself because I went with someone way too common.
1: I went with Carlos Santana. Oh, that's a good one. I forgot he played first. And for the so, Reels but for when I went, hmm, I cool. did it
10: last night, and it was like 53 percent of people. I was like, oh, geez. Um, so I, I so you, it's a perfect game because it's got something for everybody. If you, if you're a casual baseball fan and you just want to try to fill it out and you don't care what your percentages are, yeah. And then, boy, if you're like a hardcore baseball fan, you want to get it. As low as, yeah, as low a score as you possibly can. So it's really like a perfect uh, baseball game. But I am amazed, A, how bad I am at it. And B, <laughs> there are several teams that I've apparently memory hold, like the Rockies. I was going to, uh, that was my team. Apparently, too. in my pea brain, like there are only like five Rockies in the history of baseball. Yeah, the other day, so it was Todd like Todd Helton, yeah. Larry Walker, Mike Hampton, mm-hmm. Chris Bryant. <laughs> that's it like, you know, that's, that's, Ubaldo Jimenez The, hey, Ubaldo, that's the, the like other five. day
1: that's, that's, It was like Rockies And some other random team I don't remember what it was to. It was like Rockies there you go Rockies and Pirates I think it was and I sat there and I was like, "There's no way I'm getting this." <laughs> I was like, "Did Carlos Gonzalez play for the Pirates by any chance?" <laughs> like, who you know, who actually played for the Rockies and the Pirates in their career? I, I can't I, think of it. But see, for
10: like for, for AL East teams, I can get it down to right. like below a percentage. If point, it's like
1: Orioles, Yankees, Rays, I'm good at it. It's easy. But you go outside of that, the Rockies, the Pirates, I'm like, no, no I'm I not getting that.
0: Have refused to play the game mm. because every time I see somebody post on Twitter, I'm like, I never would have got. Oh, the in. people want to. I don't want wor- to like hurt my baseball. Yeah. ego by being so terrible at
1: it the people <laughs> who post their wordle score on twitter please stop <laughs> no one cares a thing I, some people do it i don't know
10: and i could not figure out like a 300 game winner for cleveland because it was like i had no idea either there.
1: i actually i put in bob feller and that was wrong so and i don't know the,
10: it was the the other one uh, one of the other ones. bartolo was, no I'm just- <laughs> yeah, bartolo one of the other ones was 300 game winner for uh st louis and i said steve carlton and apparently Everyone else did too. I had I
1: had, I had no idea on that one either. Uh, so and I
10: forget who the other 300 game winner. That was a tough category. The other 300 game was,
1: winner was uh, the Blue Jays. I want to say, Marjorie Clemens. No, that was
10: I think that was from. Was it the
1: Jays? Was that I another day? Know, like, yes, that was another. Okay. Anyway,
10: so there are some. It, they're getting tougher. They are. It seems it seems like they're they're getting more difficult. So anyway, I've
0: had uh, a few of my buddies and I have had fun with that, and yeah, so it's, it's great, fun.
10: Great, 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 great.
0: Uh, my final thought is simply that these are the shows I look forward to the most when Luke comes in. Because I, I just love spending an hour talking about baseball. They are a ton of fun, and I think it's it's good for our listeners to get that um, instead of just having a guest that so we ask questions for 10 minutes and then you know go about our tomfoolery. <laughs> this is always a really yeah, fun show no for doubt. me. So thank you so much, Luke, for joining us again. It's always always a pleasure. We'll have you back in before the end of the season, and then we'll have you back in at the end of the season. Um to dissect how everything went down, assuming that you'd be uh okay with doing yeah, that. Yeah, just
10: yeah, text me,
0: I'll be here. All right. Sounds good. I don't good. have any kids, man. I'm yeah. available. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I don't have any kids yet, but I do have one on the congratulations. way. Congratulations. <laughs> I thank saw that on
10: Twitter. Uh congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very uh, when, excited. When are we
0: due? Uh January thirteenth. Okay, January twenty, January thirteenth, twenty twenty four. I, w- I would hope it wouldn't be twenty
1: twenty five. That's so be a weird. It's be just a- think about it. Kids are now being born in twenty twenty four. Well, I mean, come next year, my kids. It's just weird to think of, like my kids. Yeah.
10: <laughs> so it's going to be a good few months for you. The Orioles are going to win the World Series. You are going to have a kid. It's gonna be great. And then I will never gonna name her after again. after
1: <laughs> after Bruce Springsteen probably hopefully. Nope, I already already have a name. <laughs> Wait, inside. are you going to see
10: Bruce or did you see
0: Bruce? What? <laughs> no, what's it? he
10: did. I, yeah. I, where did you see it, Bruce?
1: I saw Bruce at uh, in Baltimore and then also at the DC show. And I'm gonna see Bruce Which one was better, September. Which f- better? the same exact uh, show? Uh, Baltimore show was better actually. Uh, I was on the floor for that show too, so I made it good.
10: Okay, any other concerts? I'm gonna
1: see to- Bruce September 1st and September 9th so september how many times have you seen how many times have
10: you seen oh wait so
1: uh, he hasn't gone on tour in a little while so this is actually my first tour i've actually been able to see him so this is my first tour oh, so cool. this will be the fourth time third and fourth time coming up in september
10: do you have any concerts
0: um no man i can't my wife doesn't like to do concerts if i have an extra ticket you can come to bruce with me paul so here's the thing i don't hate bruce springsteen yeah, do. i don't love bruce spring i don't get, I, I get that he's like a great songwriter um People that love Bruce Springsteen are obsessed, and they are very yes. and they are very loud about their obsession. And Zach is amongst those people, and it's so odd to me that twenty two years old he is. A couple this- of years
1: ago, I went to his childhood home in New Jersey when I was up to it's visit so my cousin, weird. which I might do again, given that I'm going to be up there in a, in a few a uh, few hours.
0: And he's ne- Zach has also never heard of some of my favorite bands like Incubus and All Time Low. He had never heard... Oh, I heard All Time Low because they're from Towson. But but he had never heard of these bands. Like, I mentioned Incubus. He said, who's Incubus? And I was like, that absolutely (laughs) blew my mind. don't know. And so, like, it's been a running joke for probably over a year now. At least. That, um about Bruce Springsteen because he's a 22-year-old who's absolutely obsessed with then, an 80-year-old here's singer. A, here's
1: what happened, Luke. I want to bet and I got to name his dog after Bruce Springsteen. Th- that, which is-
0: <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. Our dog is named Bruce after Bruce Wayne because our cat's name is Lena for Selena Kyle who was Catwoman. Yeah. So anyway, off the rails... Just at the right as time. Usual. Guys, thank you so much for tuning into the Bat Round. Thanks to all of our guests, Luke Jackson. Another great segment, as always. Thanks to Stan The Fans Charles for his weekly segment. Thank you to all of our sponsors. Without you, we don't have a show. And thank you to all of our loyal fans and listeners. Without you, we certainly do not have a show. So thank you so much. Looking forward to a really strong second half of Orioles baseball, making a nice, uh, strong playoff run. Until next week, see ya!